What do you think, Rachel? We had Hot Bot Summer, Ahsoka Autumn, which never really quite nailed that one. Are we in Monster Madness now, you think? No, we have to say that one for March. Oh, Ma- oh, March Monster Madness. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. So we're in pre-March Monster Madness <sighs> right now. We're in we're- Atomic Wonderland. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, something Christmassy, like... Uh, I don't know. X Miss X Monster Monster Miss Monster Moss. Um, uh, I have my own little Chris Monster tonight. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the furry shadow. The ho- holidays. Ho- I'm trying. I'm just like throwing out words you could make jokes on. Um, happy Monarch Days. <laughs> <laughs> That's what their business cards probably say in winter. Um. Mm. Oh, Monarch Madness. That'd be good for March. Oh, yeah. March Monarch Madness. Yeah, it's good. What is um, winter analogies? Yeah, winter... Winter Monsterland? Like Winter Wonderland? Walking in a winter monster land. Run away. It's Godzilla. Well, it's Wednesday night, and uh, we are at Rachel's apartment, which must mean that it's... Starformers plus night plus other things. We are now rebels and robots and etc. Sorry, Rachel has totally abandoned her post. Is the cat puking? No, she's eating something. Give me that. <laughs> That's really when she turns into a kaiju. She tried to take something out of her mouth. Madness really is the good word for what's happening here. I have no idea what's happening over there. Is it like, is it, uh, is it floss? It's a hair from my Gandalf wig. <laughs> What a sentence! Just totally abandons the podcast to go stop her cat from choking. And what is it? It's a hair from her Gandalf wig. So I'm good. Fool of a tuck. No, thank you. Oh, that's a lot of slobber on the end. Are you alive over there? Our editor, instead of listening to the podcast and keeping track, our editor is over there choking on wig hair. How did you know from over here that that was happening? It was, she doesn't like. She was licking. Uh huh. Like it's how she had something like, excessively. In her mouth. <laughs> Man, we are so far off track I'm now. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's that not your a, fault. That was a. She's, that's not a. She's chewing on something. She's act. She's in the act of consuming something she shouldn't. And I saw it. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Listen to us like that, so you can um, um, take notes. So I know you're not. You're not. You're really. If your cat eats a string, you're not supposed to like pull it out. Um, because it can get wrapped up in their intestines. Ooh. Um. <laughs> yeah. well, welcome to our cat biology podcast. No, you're, you're not. But I don't. <laughs> Look at her. She's just. It was just like. I tell she'd eaten a bit of it, but I don't think it had like passed into her digestion. She's fine. It came well, out with relative ease, so she hadn't gotten too far with it. 
You know, I I would say this bot bad <laughs> podcasting. She's gonna look sadly at her water now. <laughs> oh, poor baby. I would say this is bad podcasting, but one of my favorite podcasts, the most recent episode, they spent pad the first podcasting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> pod p- pad pod pasting. Pod podcasting. They spent the first five minutes talking about the construction in their building, so <laughs> you know it happens. Well, relatable. <laughs> yeah. I want to take another crack at the opening. It's Wednesday night, and we are in Rachel's apartment, which means it's Starformer Zilla night. Oh, uh, I, forgot. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rebels and Robots and RAR, episode oh. 42, <laughs> with Cameron uh, and Rachel. This is our weekly chat Worse. where we talk about Star Wars and... Transformers. <laughs> yeah, throw, keep throwing me off, Transformers. <laughs> and Godzilla and whatever else... Whatever else we both enjoy. (laughs) This is a podcast where Rachel constantly makes fun of me for saying, like, every week I will mess up a word slightly and you will repeat it in the way that I slightly mess it up. (laughs) Thanks for building my confidence. You're welcome. This week, we got a lot of monster action coming your way. We will be talking about the uh, next two episodes we watched of the Apple Plus show Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, and then today's real... Uh, crown jewel we are talking about the newest godzilla film godzilla minus, minus one, one. Ah! super that that's gonna be an all-timer right there that ah, such a good movie um Top but tier. but thank you for joining us for the really our first uh, full-on episode uh into this new format um the f- uh, re- I said Rebels and Robots and RAR at the top because our guest last week, Allison, a.k.a. my wife, uh, suggested RAR. A.k.a. my wife. <laughs> but my our real, wife. Our real right- name right now is Rebels and Robots and etc. because we just talk about whatever we want to talk about. It's uh, really just Cam and Rachel night. And Athena. And, and Yes, and very she's very present tonight. She uh, started off on the table and she jumped off right as we started recording. I really thought she was going to accidentally <laughs> just sit like right here the whole night. Um, our podcast has also taken on, taken on new inner different energy ever since we started. Ultra, uh, uh, oh, I, I said weekly chat. It's not a weekly chat. It's a oh, bi-weekly bi-weekly. chat. It's like paychecks. So it's it's kind of we come in with a lot of excited energy because we spend two weeks since we podcasted every time now. So we tend to we hope, ramble a lot more. We hope now. our we hope we, we hope our podcast blesses you um, on Wednesdays as much as your biweekly paycheck blesses mine. <laughs> happy <laughs> happy payday you know who you are uh but so we'll be getting to those conversations here in a few minutes but as always we start with recent thoughts and news rachel is our go-to news anchor um i have a feeling i probably know what's going to be your first thing but uh, i bet you don't <laughs> whoa Sorry. gonna turn down that audio just a little bit okay get, okay what do you think it is what do you think it is i, um, I want you to tell me what you think well my is. big headline i have in the world of star wars in the last few weeks is dave filoni got announced as the chief creative officer at lucasfilm that's actually like four things down on my list okay well now we're talking about it <laughs> uh Wait, continue so he's pretty much as far as i would guess i didn't really read a ton about this um well for context in case anyone doesn't know dave filoni has been the spearhead of a lot of different star wars um uh, over the last few years george lucas's hand-picked heir mm-hmm. he uh was a uh heir to the empire you could say a major creative force behind the clone wars cartoon and then the rebels cartoon he, his, he uh, created ahsoka effectively his, yeah his non-star wars projects that he first got sure. is uh avatar last airbender yes. which is really what peaked, got uh, him that job yeah george and... lucas was it sorry 
No, go was ahead. It someone from like Lucasfilm called him up and he thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Because like, he was a huge Star yeah, Wars geek. Like, yeah. They're like, this isn't a joke. And he was like, I've ruined my career. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has worked, he's directed episodes of The Mandalorian. And I'm sure, I'm, he probably directed an episode of Book of Boba Fett, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. It was he... the, it was the episode with the Order 66 flashback. Yeah, of course. And then he uh, wrote all of the Ahsoka show and directed multiple episodes of that. So he's now pretty much second just to Kathleen Kennedy, I would guess, from the title chief creative officer. Um, And I actually have, the main reason I want to bring it up because I saw a very funny comment on a article about this. So in the photo for the article, sorry, I got to bring it up real fast on my phone so you can see it. Uh, here it is. Okay, so in the article, you see him. It's, a, it's like a very much like a school photo. He's like dressed in a suit, but he still has his iconic hat on. And when cowboys um, get married, they they wear the suit, but they got the hat still. And the person who posted this said something like he didn't even take the hat off. And someone commented, if he did, you'd be able to tell him apart from Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had not seen a recent photo of Ted Cruz, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they got they got very similar. Like they both have like a dark mustache but a gray beard. It's um it's... <laughs> good joke. Good joke. Oh, um, no. <laughs> what uh, what other news do you have, Rachel? Well, so <laughs> broken phone. So first of all, uh, your guess on what my first news is wrong. It is actually someone made a Godzilla build in Legend of Z- Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. So I would like oh, to show you that. Oh, very nice. Well, I wouldn't consider that news. I think it is. It's not breaking headlines. So, anyways, um, for context, uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom came out May twelfth of this year, <laughs> um, the week before Cameron and Allison got married. Because I and another one of our friends were really like, hmm, do we bring our switches to the wedding? <laughs> I don't know. And then that friend beat it in three weeks, and I, I'm still not halfway through. Nonetheless, uh-huh. a new uh, game mechanic was introduced with the Zonai building mechanic. And you could, basically, the options are just unlimited. It's yeah. like Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so someone made a god's a functional Godzilla build in Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And I would just like to show you this. It's a minute 39. Oh, I didn't start the audio. <laughs> okay. Okay. You ready? Oh, this is good. Uh-huh. The classic Godzilla theme. Oh, this is great. So it's a very clunky mech sort of thing. Yeah, that's Godzilla. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is footage straight out of minus one, isn't it? <laughs> no, 1954. This is fun. He's clomping through the water. He moves a lot like classic Zilla. Yeah. This is great. The angles are a lot of fun. It's got the pacing of the 19th. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, there's a tank shooting at him. This is great. It almost makes you think a little more of like Shin Godzilla, I think. This is very fun. He's got them big thighs. Bro lips. He's got the tail. He's just stomping forward. Oh, very good. Big roar. There's ed- there's audio edit, of course. Yeah, but... but it still, like, made the motion, though. Uh-huh. Oh, he's shooting the beam. Very nice. The like... uh, atomic breath, is that what's classically yeah. called? Oh, there's fire everywhere. The townspeople are... 
There's no townspeople. Oh, no, he's shooting flames out of his mouth. This is great. There are NPCs in this village. His his crotch is a big rotating wheel. Mm, I don't like that. Tail just destroyed some boxes. It's just... It's just... It's it very so, fun. There's so much love and dedication <laughs> went into this. And there he goes. And now he's going back into the water, at, like at the end of every Godzilla movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's it that that's was fun it. thanks it's for sharing just, oh it's so funny it, i just saw it and i was like i gotta show this on the podcast <laughs> i gotta show this to cameron specifically you all can watch it on our twitter because i'll retweet it <laughs> um so not news but a note from last week's topic uh a, a very obvious joke that we totally whiffed on um us missing a joke <laughs> yeah was that in the two episodes of monarch we watched there were two different uh, characters who fell off cliffs, and we have the running joke from <gasps> oh, the no! first episode of this podcast of clone uh, commander Wilco falling <laughs> silently falling down the cliff and falling infinitely. So who's now on? We have a, now a, a running list of all of our characters who are still infinitely falling. Wilco, Tech. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to forget his name. Uh, Rhonda. Randa? Oh. From from Monarch. From, yeah. Dave? John? John? <laughs> Just list men's names. <laughs> Most popular men's names of 1930. Uh, the, the main, uh, John Goodman's character. Um Gosh, oh, that's it. where I came up with John from. Bill. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Bill Ronda's wife. Um, was it a... What was her name? Man, there's so... Uh, so many characters in this show. It's hard to keep track. His wife <laughs> uh, fell down. And then the... I'm now kind of... Can't 100% remember. Was it the kids in the bus? Is that what I'm... Ref- <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> we did get a funny... Uh, text from our friend megan because uh-huh. we talked about the bus scene uh-huh. out of con i feel like it's out of context i too would be traumatized <laughs> if my class fell in front of me off a of bridge sure yeah um is is it amiko is is she now is I this think that's right yes that's her okay uh or is this uh i think that's the mom I, I think how terrible we can't even, just I can't even remember them. What's well, hard out of context? I think uh, she was younger than that. I think yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is really bad. Oh, do you know what I? I think I have it written down in my notes. Apologize, listeners. It's been two weeks and we're a little rusty. Uh, <laughs> us every two weeks. Sorry, guys, we're a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's hard to only podcast every two weeks now. Well, in the meanwhile, we did get a funny, another, I don't know if you saw this. We got a funny uh, reaction from a friend of ours. Kiko. Oh, not that's not our <laughs> friend, sorry. But Kiko is is Rhonda's wife. Dr. Kiko um, is the one who fell off the cliff. So so on our list of characters who are still falling, because we didn't see them hit the bottom, Wilco, Tech, Kiko, and the kids in those bu- that bus. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what were you saying? No, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What is your? Do you have another bit of news? Oh, I got a bunch of news. Go for it. I, I, well, I have things that fit in none of the Into other this categories. <laughs> um, so uh, Jennifer Corbett, who's the executive producer and head writer of Star Wars: The Bad Batch, tweeted uh, last on December first, uh, toasting to the final mix session for The Bad Batch. Hey, so, nice. And so, actually, so she tagged. She's like, "What a pleasure to watch um, at David W. Collins and team in action." And so I looked up him. And so he's involved with Star Wars production, and he is actually, um, he is in the he's at the end he's <gasps> ah, he's in Rogue One <laughs> at the end, um, and he is the in the hallway scene, and he is the rebel who's shouting like help mm, us. He's okay. he's the one that you hear shouting, you know, help us take uh-huh, it with uh-huh. the little uh, floppy disk of the Death Star plans. <laughs> yes. Um. So that's it. But so um. Actually, he's not the physical actor. Sorry, but that's his voice. Interesting. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. That's a lip sync over as an overdub because the production sound was deemed unusable due to onset noise. Um, I, as a video producer, I feel that. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so I don't know if Bad Batch will be next year or not. I don't yeah. know if you saw what Disney Plus UK posted. Um, Disney Plus UK posted a, um, sorry, I'm just going to go skedaddle right into this. Um, they made a post of things to look forward to next year. Oh, it's gone. Uh-huh. It's gone. Okay, so maybe. Screenshots, super important. You need them receipts. But basically, they posted a thing to look forward to, some of the shows to look forward to next year. And only two Star Wars are on the list, Acolyte and uh, Skeleton Crew. Interesting. So no Andor Season th- 2, no Bad Batch Season 3. They might just, they just might, maybe they just drop Bad Batch out of nowhere. Uh, no uh, they just Tales of Bad- the Jedi? No. Wow. They just dropped Bad Batch like tech dropped. It's <laughs> Or we'll just log into Disney Plus one day and we think they've uploaded Season 3, but it's just the tag. Like last time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, I I think I had something. What was it? Uh I gotta look back at my notes. I have an Andor thing. <gasps> uh so we were talking about Andor last week and a just another testament to how great this show is. Um the use of wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven actors. Uh <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> hold on give me just a second here uh <laughs> the use of of hepticons and or Decepticons? octagons oh. <laughs> no <laughs> not the shapes the shape of the prison of the hallway yes. in uh yes. mothma's uh in her house in the shape of the cubicle that mm-hmm. zero in they're all very similar either octagons or septicons because they're all in their own prisons he- heptagons gosh septicon that definitely sounds like a transformer um yes yeah, so you have a literal prison you have and then you have uh cyril i real i was listening back to last week's episode i kept calling him cyril it's cyril cyril and and mothma are in metaphorical prisons and so just um, the corporate workplace yeah <laughs> and a loveless marriage yes because like the way i mean surreal sitting in a cubicle is a very obvious visual metaphor but then the way they've had these three images together in this this thing that i found on the internet 
this thing that I found. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> that's what I'm showing you. I'm sorry, the, I, re- sorry, I realize yes. the uh, yes. the audience cannot hear us. It looks great. Uh, Mothma is standing in the middle of this hallway. Mm-hmm. So she's framed with this shape around her. So it's just a really nice visual uh, motif that I had not caught before that I, I wonder, think is incredible. I wonder if there are any shots of Luthen in an octagonal. Yeah, that'd be interesting to I look for. I burned my life for a sunrise uh-huh. I'll never see. Ah, oh, such a cold line. So good. So that uh, what else you got? Uh, so an interview with the Godzilla Minus One director, which we will talk about this a little yeah. bit more. Uh, Takashi Yamazaki wants to make a Star Wars film. Yes. And he said, I watched Star Wars and that's how I ended up being a filmmaker. I'm really hoping I will get a call. Give this man a Star Wars film. Yeah, give us a pipe. Give him a Star Wars So give him a Star Wars We already film. had one that happened once. Gareth mm-hmm. Edwards made Godzilla 2014 and then made Rogue One. Yeah. So give us a pipeline of kaiju, good kaiju directors. He'd, he'd make a fantastic one-off. I mean, not that he couldn't have a series. I'd I'd watch everything, but, ugh. Yeah, I I um I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, who directed? Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters in 2019. You think I'd know, but I don't. Um, I I like him. Um, his name is Michael Dougherty. I clicked on his name and I got a page that says 502 Bad Gateway. (laughs) Um, What an interesting, one of my favorite movies he made. No, he also, um, ooh, he's got a story writing credit on X-Men Apocalypse. Not great, Mm. but um, he also directed Krampus, the uh, 2015 horror comedy, Christmas horror comedy that I think is a lot of fun and has great use of practical effects, great tone. Mm-hmm. I think that movie is just really special. And Got to the King of Monsters is far from perfect, mm-hmm. but I think it has a great sense of fun, um, which is missing in a lot of movies. I think I would be very interested to see him like uh, be given like an episode of mm-hmm. of a show. Like he would have been a good like in um the Boba Fett show or one of the weirder episodes of of Mandalorian mm-hmm. or so um, I think he would be he would be a, a useful addition um, give him like oh man I a lot of people I, I think this was real there was like a um, a mode in EA's Battlefront 2 where you fought uh, Ewoks in the dark. Yeah, was that real or was that a mod? That's real. Yeah, yeah. it's like um, I can't remember what it's called. It's it's like Ewok hunt or something. Yeah, but you go as stormtroopers <laughs> in the pitch black forest uh-huh. and you have to hunt Ewoks. And I've seen clips from it. It's actually kind of scary because your buddies just get yoinked into the. It. I think is it something like I think there's like a tagline that pops up. Um, so and so has been consumed by the darkness or something. Oh wow, there's, or so, or by the forest. There's something dark like that. But so yeah. And uh, he, so something like that. People, if if you gave him something like that, like an episode of a show, and play fortunate sons over it. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, um, he had he had a writing credit on X Men Two, which is pretty cool. Hmm. And anyways, good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, lots of people say a lot of things, but um, weirder things have happened. If you go back, I, I think of the guy who ended up playing Shang Chi, mm-hmm. was campaigning for it for a long time. Mm-hmm. People, sometimes people campaign for something and they get it. And with the um, collaboration between so many Japanese studios for Star Wars Visions, I could see them maybe transitioning into something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, who you never know with Star Wars. 
Anyways, um, I had also had something else. Uh, so since last time we recorded, uh, Thanksgiving happened, and I had a surprising Ooh. Star Wars conversation over Thanksgiving with my wife's older sister, um, only older by a few years, and I did not know that she liked Clone Wars. Oh. And it's actually the main thing that she likes in Star Wars. She started watching the movies because she likes Clone Wars. Huh. And uh, I thought that was really interesting and a thing that was especially funny. Gateway drug. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it, She's got almost the exact opposite opinion on me of Star Wars is that I don't like Clone Wars and I love the movies. And she doesn't not doesn't dislike the movies, but the Clone Wars is her favorite thing. And that's just funny because I brought allison into star wars and it's not my desire to like make her exactly like me but like i do have the desire to like i i sharing your passions like for example like last week when she was on the pod she started talking about the lived in universe Mm -hmm. that was something i told her very early on and that like made her interested in in star wars and but it's, it's interesting that she now has a different voice in her life talking to her about star wars in a different way which is really cool and so now she's going to know more about Clone Wars than me very quickly because I have not watched all of it. Finally, someone to talk to. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. What other what news you got? Um, I actually have some conflicting information about what's going to be released oh. next year. I mixed up my screen chat. Because <laughs> um, according to Empire Magazine, um, the real, you know, the one that exists in our world, not like Imperial propaganda from Star Wars. Um, Empire Magazine supposedly 2024 will hold the following releases of Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, and then there's Andor Season 2, Season 3 of Bad Batch, and Season 2 of Tales of the Jedi. But we haven't really seen anything cemented yet. Lots of up in the air. It's kind of hard to tell what's actually going to come out now that the writer's strike has... Um, is it over? Has it ended? Or are they still in... Talk. Sorry, I was I was lo- I'm looking more into this polygonal shape in Andor. What uh, what was it you said? Um, th- it's just nothing's really been confirmed on what's going to release next year. Yeah, there's just a lot of like up in the air. I feel like there's a lot of this is the projects that were probably being worked on before the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what would make sense to come out, but yeah, writer's strike, uh, actor strike, um, stuff not doing well in theaters, uh, changing, you know, uh especially with Disney, um, the CEO changed last year from Bob Iger was the old CEO. He handed off to some new guy and then Bob Iger came back. And um, I mean, here's a bit of news that's like relevant since Star Wars is owned by Disney. He said something along the lines of, to be honest, I didn't read the full interview. So this context could, this quote could be very much out of context, but he said something like, we got too wrapped up in messaging and not telling good stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting take. (laughs) Um, A lot of people are taking that to mean that, you know, obviously people who say that Star Wars and and other other Disney stuff is too, quote unquote, woke, uh, would say, go woke, go broke, that whole thing. Which is not proven to be true whatsoever. Um, But I think other people have taken that to mean we stepped on too many toes politically and we need to uh, try to be safer, which is not a good uh, thought going forward. Um, I think he has said some things about trying to cut back on the number of things like Marvel and Disney are making and Star Wars, which I think is good. And that's a good move. I think there's been an, they've tried too much 
and they need to focus. I think it's a good thing to focus on a fewer things and make them better. But uh, that idea of they focus like stories need to tell stories. Like not everything has to be a deeper metaphor, but ev- the best movies are the movies that are emotionally driven by the creators. You mean like minus one? Precisely. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. This we were talking about minus one. Minus one, very heavy political message, and that's what makes it great. And Star Wars, Andor, heavy political message. That's what makes it great. Um, what else? You know, original Star Wars. Uh, you know, things things don't have to be a political message, but like they have to mean something to the people that are both making them and viewing them. And if I would guess, I've not seen Wish, but the little bit I know about Wish, I would think it's probably not about much that's very deep, and that's a reason people are not seeing it. And uh what else you know i i I like ahsoka but ahsoka doesn't necessarily have super like ahsoka Ahsoka has some high moments but i yeah i think i really agree i saw a tweet that said or a comment that said as enjoyable as ahsoka was it does feel like dave kept just a little too much a little too much Mm -hmm. too close to his chest for now yeah Um, exactly the stakes were high but don't feel like we got Mm-hmm. We got Ezra back. I mean, I'll take it. Um, but it is it is just kind of like the continuation of like, yes, it's nice to have things building. I think ugh, this is terrible. So not it's not terrible. I love Andor, obviously. But I think the nice thing about Andor is that we kind of know what happens at the end. So mm-hmm. before that is all really open and it's very central to kind of one idea. I do think it gets a little more difficult with multiple branching arcs of like Mando um, and Ahsoka and even actually Book of Boba Fett can go that way too, all converging in one area. It's, I think, great when it gets there, but sometimes it, in the art of we want to build up suspension to this and we don't want to give too much away, mm-hmm. it can leave things at the time lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. She, she, she even she, she <laughs> when she walked by. You're only supposed to be editing the audio. You're not supposed to be commenting. Um, what else you got for news? Um, this is just really funny because we were uh, dunking on this two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Um, so crazy ass moments in Transformers. Uh, kind of retweeted um, a comment they'd made a couple of years about a year ago. Um, the tagline in Rise of the Beast trailer makes absolutely no sense the first trailer that came out because the tagline is for billions of years our world is transformed but something else has awakened mm-hmm. it makes a little bit of sense and but they just like retweeted happy anniversary and then said i suppose it's better than he was in the amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders uh-huh. right before she died <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah that's Exposition a reference to the Central. uh the sony universe what is it sony pictures universe of marvel films uh madam web film <laughs> which is yeah. a spider-man adjacent movie about spider women spider-man yeah it's sony and it's not marvel it's, not marvel, it's sony yeah. pictures universe of marvel films so, anyways we uh, <laughs> make fun of that trailer for many years to come mm, what else you got that's it okay um, i have one thing but it's important for the monarch okay. portion of today's talk. uh yeah so we're going to talk about uh before we get to minus one i just quickly want to talk about the two episodes of monarch there's not a ton to talk about they're no. pretty barren <laughs> they're it's not great <laughs> um there's some moments in there um we get to see the g-man 
the oh yes, the G man. Yes, yes. <laughs> what do you think I said? I didn't know who what you meant by that at first. Um, so as a quick refresher, we've got two different storylines going on. We've got the some our team in the fifties and our team in the modern day. Team in the fifties are uh, three characters who are uh, forming monarch Bill Ronda and his wife Kiko. I already forgot. Yeah, Kiko. And uh, not Captain America. <laughs> And not Captain America, yes. And then uh, in their forming monarch in the modern day, uh, Rhonda and Kiko's grandchildren are trying to find their father. And with the help of old not Captain America. Godzilla's their dad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and um, it's mostly focusing on the modern day. The little bit that we get from the past is... They finally get the American government's attention, and they are wanting to use a nuclear device to attract a, a uh, Titan. And then the the military says, "Sure." And by feed, or by attract, you mean kill, right? <laughs> Destroy. <laughs> and uh, so we get a shot from the uh, Bikini something island, Bikini Atoll. Yeah, which is also referenced in uh, Godzilla minus one, and it's. Where they, it's where the U.S. tested, mm-hmm. well, one one of the areas, yeah, yeah, yeah. New York, uh, not New York, <laughs> one of the areas, the United States tested atomic weaponry, and a, and another parallel between these episodes of Monarch and Godzilla minus one, we get a smaller Godzilla shows up, and he's attracted to the radiation, and they set it off. And that's the end of that sequence. They think they've killed Godzilla, but we know better. <laughs> I saw a video. I saw a tweet. This is why I've, I've had this since the 22nd of November to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Someone took a screenshot because Godzilla's like, what, 10 feet? His face is 10 feet away from the nuclear warhead or uh-huh. whatever. And he's like, what would say, 25 feet tall? He's not very big. He, well, for Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. 30 probably. Yeah. yeah original. He's, he's large. How and, large is real real quick? How large is the original Godzilla? I think he's fifty four feet. Okay. No. Forty. He's he's really not that big. One hundred sixty four is what this says. Um, in the nineteen fifty four film. That's what I mean. I just typed in original Godzilla. Um, well, my fifty four feet is off. <laughs> I think uh, um, I'm trying to. F- I clicked on it, but it took me to a Wikipedia page. How big was the original Godzilla? Yeah, okay, this is one hundred sixty four. Are you sure? That I mean, that's what it's saying. Zilla um, from the 98 Godzilla Ew. is 98 feet Ew. tall. Um, this is not a good example. Anyways, I'll try to find a, a legitimate answer on this. But nonetheless, 25, 30 yeah, feet is probably a good estimate for the height of this one. About about the size of a T-Rex yeah, from uh, you know Jurassic Park. So someone took a screen screenshot of him like looking at the atom- the bomb. Mm-hmm. pondering right before um hold, hold on i gotta build it up right before it went off where he's just looking at it and some, someone said he looked so happy little bro thought he was getting an easy meal and someone retweeted it and i'll crop this because you could tell i screenshotted this at 1 a.m <laughs> it looks like he's in a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and the way it's angled, the bomb looks like a mic that's so funny <laughs> I love it. Yes. Anyways, been waiting two weeks to talk about that one. <laughs> I actually thought it was something from minus one because we hadn't watched the episode yet. 
well i didn't it's actually i thought it was from like one of We'd watched the episodes and I was like, Godzilla wasn't in those movies in that one. I assumed it was God it was minus one. So anyways. Um it's funny. So the Wikizilla shows that original Godzilla was fifty meters tall. Um, which is hundred and sixty four feet. So I think that's maybe where you got that fifty number. Um so and then in the modern day they're still looking for uh our two here two main characters in the modern day, their father. And so we got to get some names down to make this a little easier to talk about. Um, <laughs> I have the names for minus one. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so it is Kate and uh, did I not write down her brother's name? T- start the T? Man, this is horrible. Well, there's May, the friend. Yeah. Oh dang it! Here we go. Uh, you can tell we care so much. Yes, for them. yeah. Uh, it's Kate and Kentaro. Oh. Kate and Kentaro Ronda looking for their dad. He named both of his dad. kids K names. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm. Huh? And they're working, looking for their dad Hiroshi. Um, it leads them to the Arctic Alaska. somewhere. Oh, okay, yeah. So somewhere where it's very cold. Um, they end up running away from a big old. Uh, so what do we call so, him? They, they think their dad crash landed. Yes, and that's not not the case. They take um, they team up with what? What's his name? Not Captain America. Uh, Lee Shaw. Lee Shaw. The team of Lee Shaw and an old buddy of his, and they fly through a really weird geomagnetic storm, um, and they land on an ice shelf where there are uh, the torn up remains of the plane but then they see a tent so obviously they're survivors and they realize the plane wasn't wasn't crashed it was destroyed mm-hmm. and that's where you get to see a new kaiju yes um he's got he's a big sort of like, like i don't know mole well like the body type is kind of more similar to like a dog thing like a, a he's a he's Quad quadruped, yes. is that what you call it? Uh, but he's got like a yeah, like a, a wiggly mole nose, and he that. absorbs heat. Yeah. And so he he like absorbs all the heat from the plane, and that freezes it, and it kills the pilot. And so our heroes spend the rest of this episode of episode three and four running from him. And it's fun to have a monster on this monster show. Pretty creatively yeah. designed. Decent CGI for um, a, a streaming show, I think. So far, it actually looks really great. Um, I would say on what is simultaneously the low point and high point of this, of episode four, is so um, episode four is cutting back and forth with how May met Kentaro. Mm-hmm. So if you forgot, May is their American hacker buddy. And obviously some, May and Kentaro have a romantic past. some tension between Yes. And it's cut, we're cutting back and forth between their adventure in Alaska and how they met. Uh, turns out Kentaro was kind of a uh, a rising star in the art world of Japan. Pretentious. And met May um, on the day of his first art show, and things did not pan out. And um, Kentaro, oh, his uh, Hiroshi, his father was going to come to the show, mm-hmm. and and Kentaro. Uh, ditched on the show to hang out with May 
and that was the last chance he would have had to see mm -hmm. his father before he went missing with the Godzilla attack. So that's a significant element of that, of I think, why his relationship with May didn't work out. None of it's particularly interesting. But then um, May and Kentaro get into a big fight, and Kentaro separates from our other three main characters. Because Kentaro, when they were flying through, through the turbulence, he, he has seen something in the distance yeah and they think he hallucinated it so he goes to find what he thinks is some sort of base and as he gets there his memories are starting to blend together from the from the past and now so the the visual blending of the snow and the wrecked base with whatever thing he's thinking about from the past is is the one time the show has actually been very visually interesting and there's been a side of monster stuff there's been a side plot too um because you don't, you don't get a lot of, like, 1950s past in the fourth episode. Mm -hmm. um, Monarch has noticed that there's activity in Alaska. Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of their sensors, it's like Utah or something. I don't know. One of their yes. scientists, uh, their, devi their devices pick up, like, a huge anomaly yes. in Alaska. Um, and it was. I actually thought it was very interesting... As they're talking about this, it goes back to Alaska. I don't remember if we see the kaiju in the scene. There's a hole to the hollow earth in it. Yeah, so our heroes end up getting so, saved by Monarch. Yes. And as they're flying away, there's a That's big like yes. portal in the Just ground. In the ground. Yeah. And uh that's presumably to in as actually oh, we skipped over it from news. I think this would be a good time to transition into it unless you have something else to say about these episodes. Anything oh, else? we forgot the biggest news of all. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's a good transition point. It is. Um, anything else you want to say about these episodes? I didn't have... There's not a lot to say. Um, they, It was kind of... I don't know. I don't want to say let down. We watched them the day after we saw Minus One, which is the meat of this mm -hmm. episode, and it was really yeah. kind of hard to go... <sighs> I think... I don't know if it's the acting, but sometimes they will say things, and I'm like, that's the take we went with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone's okay, in yeah, my opinion. I think, uh, this can sound terrible, because new young actors, you know, I love fresh faces, fresh, <laughs> fresh faces, but sometimes, I think especially with Kentaro's actor, mm -hmm. and sometimes you just get lines, <clears throat> and I'm like, okay. I agree, I agree. They don't, there's not, it, while there is depth to the episodes, I feel like there is not a lot of complexity to the characters, mm -hmm. or at least it's not being showcased in their portrayal of their lines, because I feel like a lot of the, or I'll like kind of start to care for them, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, you guys are acting like kindergartners. I agree. Like, um, I understand your dad had a second family. Mm. That sucks. <laughs> I don't know what I would be doing in that situation, but like obviously they're just as shocked as you. The real enemy is your dad. <laughs> like the real enemy is him. It's not the second family. They had no idea either. Like I get it. It sucks. That's such a betrayal. I can't imagine how I would be feeling, but like, oh my gosh, you're dying in Alaska. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah, really. There are bigger um, problems at so hand. Transition into the biggest news that we we missed. Uh, so the episode ends with this big like mystical portal thing in the ground, which we 
quickly assumed is a hole to the hollow earth, which is a major element of the last two films in this series. And, uh, well, it's a, it's a minor element of King of Monsters, but it's a major element of Kong versus Godzilla. Actually, one of my favorite parts of the movie that always makes me cry in King of the Monsters. Well, the biggest news of the week is that we got the first official trailer for Godzilla X Kong, the new kingdom. The new empire. We keep messing up what the new thing is. (laughs) Um, The new movie, that's what it's called. Mixed up with uh, Anchor, oh, not not Anchorman, Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman 2 is like the Forgotten Kingdom. Oh, I think. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the Forgotten movie after it comes out. <laughs> oh, man. Sick burn. Um, <laughs> the trailer opens up with a identical looking portal opening up under one of the pyramids of Gaza, uh, Giza <laughs> in Egypt. <laughs> no, not Gaza. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the trailer uh, shows made, a lot. I made a Revenge of the Fallen joke, and then a big old <laughs> metal arm came out. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I was kidding. Yeah, so, so no, notable elements. Kong has like a giant mech brace on one arm, which, if I remember correctly, didn't he like break his arm in the last movie? I was going to say, I feel, like, I feel like Godzilla did a number on that arm. Yeah. He was hurting. And um, so that, that's, I think that's a holdover from the previous film. And um, we have a lot going on in the uh, Hollow Earth world. There are, we get to see. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Someone's music is playing Someone's super loud. Bad music taste. Um, we get to see two what are seemingly Hollow Earth societies. Okay. One of which is... Um, oh, so societies who live in the hollow world. Yes, yes. Two... Not like the flat earth society, which is people on the surface who are raising... <gasps> we live in a society. <laughs> uh, no, two groups of peoples uh, living in um, the hollow earth. One of which is um, what look to be the same members of... The species that Kong is. Yes. And he's looking old. He's bigger in this in this one. He's looking a little more gray. He's an older Kong. Or he's, I yes. don't know, now that he's free range in the hollow earth, he's grown. I don't know. Um, but so we see what seems to be a community of Kong species. I think there's, there's a, definitely a scientific name floating around there somewhere. Do I know what it is? <laughs> nope. Which is very interesting because we... You know, Kong is assumed to be the last of his kind. His parents were killed by skull crawlers. There are no others except for bones. Um, but we see in the last, we see in Godzilla versus Kong that at one point there is a war between uh, Godzilla's species and Kong species. Well, we see that in the Hollow Earth there are Kong species again. And with that, we get the reveal of our villain. Yes. Who has a name and I cannot remember it. Um, let me see if I can find a wiki for this. Uh... New Empire. <laughs> Mr. Empire. <laughs> Mon- not Monsterzilla, Monsterverse wiki. Come on. Um... Um, that's just the Wikipedia article for Monsterverse. Well, while he's looking for them, we get this, we get a first, like, official light, in the light view of him, and he looks like he, similar, but he looks like a big old orangutan. His arms are longer, similar build. And 
the other, I'm just going to call them Kongs. I don't know. The others are afraid of him. So he's either a ruler or a dictator of some form, but they are afraid of him. Um, so no His doubt. His name is Scar King. That's what it is, Scar King. S-K-A-R King. Oh, edgy. Um, <laughs> so Scar King. So obviously there's going to be a fight for dominance probably because what else do Kaiju do? <laughs> um, uh, the species name for Kong is... Uh, oh, I lost it. I'm sorry. It was just here a second ago. Titanus Kong. Okay. Titana, Titanus Kong. Titanus, thank you. Titanus Kong. Um, Wait, 158 tons. And in, that was in 73. Um, uh, this says in the 2024, he's over 90,000 tons? What? That doesn't seem possible. Maybe they go by how they measure weight in the hollow earth, because we know that's <laughs> different. Um, in, in the 73, the movie that's set in 73, uh, Kong Skull Island, he's 104 feet tall. In 2021, he was three, two, 270 feet tall. In the new movie, he is 337 Man, feet tall. Man, he is bulking so between he's, movies. He's gone up by over 70 feet. He's bulking. That's um, crazy. So we see that. Um, but it's real fast. Actually, this this kind of goes into something I have a problem with this whole hollow earth world is you lose a lot of scale. Yes. One of the things that is great about kaiju movies is them knocking over buildings. I mean, that's that's the basis of all this. And that makes me think because the the other society we see are humans, yes. or what appears to be humanoids. H- I don't know humanoid beings living in the hollow in the earth. hollow earth. The scenes where that where we see the overlook of those communities of the Kong community and the human community, they look the same. Mm-hmm. Like the scaling looks the same. There's not a lot of difference and i don't know maybe there's like some something poetic in that it's how we see uh kong interact with the young girl from the last movie maybe yeah. there's like some symbiotic mm. things going on speaking of humans real fast uh talking about actors in this returning yes. is rebecca hall mm-hmm. who was as you informed me in godzilla versus kong they cut I don't her have, hair and turned her blonde i have no memory of that uh, I, <laughs> I have do no memory of this place uh brian tyree henry who uh, was in the last one. He was the podcaster from the last one. Finally, the representation we deserve. Um, he uh, was in the film Bullet Train, in which he's very funny. Um, For real? That's him? Have you seen Bullet Train? I've seen the trailers. Oh, I've yeah. Seen, he's, I've seen the video, the funny videos. Yeah. He's like the one black character in there. Uh, he's one of the Eternals. No way. Yeah. He, he helped create the atomic bomb. I think that was his character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's in briefly in uh, the 2019 Joker movie. Uh, he's the voice of uh, of Miles Morales' dad in Spider Verse. What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, so he's, he's been around. He's been quite a bit. Uh, good actor. Um, he's kind of my my brain really wants to say goofy looking. He, he's he's got a distinct look to him, which makes him not always feel like a person. Like he feels Are like an, a character. Uncanny Valley is that the? Is <laughs> no, that the, he just he looks like a, he he's, look. He's, he looks very animated. He works really well in, like, I mean, uh, it's hard to take him seriously. Uh, he's amazing in Bullet Train. Bullet Train is a kind of a heightened movie that's kind of silly. Kind of it's based off a manga. It's very comic booky. At least, uh, or a Japanese book at least. It's, it's taking a lot of Japanese inspiration. 
Um, I don't remember loving him in Godzilla X Kong, though. To be fair, I don't like anyone in that movie. <laughs> we um, like Godzilla and Kong. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, um, the young girl. She wasn't too bad. I should know her name. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so who else is? Uh, those are the two that are returning, as far as I can tell. Um, we see the young girl. Oh, we do. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, is let me, it let Jai? Me let me see. Let me see. Yeah, I think this is her. Yes, that's her. Okay, she's by far the best her, human her character IMDb in this. Photo. In Godzilla X Kong, <laughs> or Godzilla like, versus Kong. Looks like a corporate photo. Uh, so this is this was the young girl who had a bond with from Kong. the Iwi tribe. Yeah, uh, that the last is survivor. Definitely the best storyline in that movie that gets totally squandered. So I hope they can. Uh, progress that well it seems like they have because we see the scene of her walking up this huge temple in the hollow oh, Earth. okay i did not catch that yeah that was her um these this trailer by the way is super confusing it really is, is really poorly edited but it's not as bad as the madam web trailer <laughs> uh we're new actors to the series uh dan stevens um who is a gr- really really good actor he is in downton abbey oh this is probably not a good example of his acting but he played the beast in the live action beauty and the beast movie <laughs> uh, he's famous for a movie called the guest um uh, what else is he known for uh wow uh, oh legion he did the x-men show legion oh. where he played uh, xavier's son um he did the movie colossal and anything else notable here no i definitely know him i just can't remember why anyways um and then we also have there was some, oh Rachel House, who is in a lot of Taika Waititi movies. Mm. She's very funny. And then Alex Ferns. You know who Alex Ferns is? I bet if you tell me. I'd... Do you recognize the photo? He is in Andor. He is. Well, he's, he's Commander Brasso! <laughs> <laughs> no, the... no, he's not Brasso. He's not Brasso. What? He's uh, Mosk. Linus, Linus Mosk. He was Cyril, Cyril's... Show that picture big... again. Show that picture again. Look, I, look right here. I don't need no, to show no, the picture. Sh- Let me see the picture again. Let me see the picture again. He's Linus is his name. Oh my gosh. The hair threw me. He, he is... I'm so sorry. The like I, security I, look, the force brain, guy. The brain wants what the brain wants. Brasso. He... I'm... He is in Chernobyl. He is the head oh, miner yes! in Chernobyl. Oh my gosh! I didn't recognize him with long hair. Oh, he's he, so He looks so in kind in that photo. <laughs> he uh, looks so nice and huggable. This guy is hilarious. He's so good. He he's, is. I want to say Scottish. Yes, yes he's Scottish. Uh, he's hilarious. He, I think he might be an incredible addition to this movie. Very exciting. There was one, maybe one more actor. We, lo- we love our maybe Chernobyl not. actors. Yes. Uh, I don't recognize anyone else. Uh, finally, directed by Adam Wingard, who directed Godzilla vs. Kong, which makes me not very excited for it. Um, it's possible that movie is not his fault. It's possible he shot a good movie and it got edited well, down. There's but... 45 minutes of lost footage yeah. in the Hollow Earth. Uh, but he also made the uh, Netflix live action Death Note movie, which I've heard is not good. <laughs> um... He made the 2016 Blair Witch reboot, which people tended to like, though I've never seen myself, not interested. He made The Guest, which is the movie that Dan Stevens is famous for. And he also made Your Next, which is a pretty decent, um, a pretty good home invasion movie. Fun fact, shot here in town. Or shot here. 
Yeah. No. The writer's from here. You just doxed yeah, us? Yeah, well, there you go. You got a clue. You just doxed us? <laughs> it's, uh, it was actually shot in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and he also worked on the VHS uh, anthology horror series. Um, I okay. have no idea. Um, and so, okay, probably the final notable element of this trailer is how Godzilla shows up. Pink Godzilla. Uh, yeah, he's like... So the last movie, he kind of just like... Gives a little head nod, game recognized game head nod to <laughs> Kong. I could kill you, but I won't. And does what? What else would Godzilla do at the end of Walks the movie? Off Walks off into the ocean. Uh, and here we see him frozen, either in a giant crystal or ice. He's like encapsulated. He's like ice. And there's p- big pink crystals all around it, and that is somehow energizing him. He's having his Avatar: The Last Airbender moment. So in this series, he has he typically powers up his like. You, you hear this long ago all the kaiju lived in oh my god until the scar king he's got this great power up sound you see the energy going from the tip of his tail which actually it's very hard weird that energy starts in his tail and goes up his body but nonetheless blue is his typical color his extra batteries when he goes super thermonuclear in king of monsters is it like it's red and orange burning godzilla yeah but yes also um yeah like and now he's clear which is pink. sick. It looks great. It's like this like hot pink. Uh, it looks incredible. I'm super excited for it. So and he's big. His spikes are bigger. Yeah. The, he's the, eventually they have to stop getting bigger. They can't just get bigger in every movie. <laughs> he's gonna but, get stuck in some hollow earth hole accidentally. Um, you know, I'm not super excited for a lot of this movie to seemingly take place in the hollow earth because that's just effectively mm-hmm. the. Uh, Oh, what do they call it? Uh, it's it's the volume. It's just a big nothingness void as far as the humans are concerned. But um, I think there's some potential for some cool kaiju stuff. I will say the one thing I wanted to know most most about after King of the Monsters is when uh, Dr. Sarazawa goes. It's after the oxygen destroyer has been used on Godzilla and <laughs> it had no effect on King Ghidorah because he doesn't breathe air. Um, and they find, uh, excuse me, they track Godzilla down through the hollow earth and he's in an old temple area. He is in an old civilization ruins. Mm -hmm. And so that is the thing I have wanted to know most about Mm. since King of the Monsters and with the appearance of a possible group of humans living down there. I hope that ties that up. I think that was just, that's probably one of the coolest scenes in King of the Monsters. There's a lot of great scenes, but just the un, the unpacked potential sure. of humans living in the hollow earth alongside Kaiju, worshiping sure. them. Woo! Untapped <laughs> potential. That's what, um, <laughs> we've got to talk about that. We've got about this. <laughs> um, but that's, that is what I'm hoping this, I hope that ties that up. There's yeah. something really cool about the mystery of that, but man, I want to see more of that. So the last thing we've got to talk about is yeah. the worst thing in this trailer. Um, so the Scar King is orange. Peter, don't turn me into a marketable plushie. <laughs> it's a Family Guy reference. Wow. I think. So Scar King is orange. There's orange. a smaller uh, Titanus Kong in this, or adjacent titanus scar king <laughs> uh and uh he's seemingly friendly 
and I hate him. <laughs> I want him to die he's very, so bad. Very puntable. He he gives off weird European children's no, no, film he gives, vibes. He gives off. You got any games on your phone? <laughs> vibes. He looks like he's from a very expensive yet inexplicably terrifying looking mobile game ad. Mm. He just you just gotta look it up. He's the last. He's in the trailer earlier. These are the weird thing. Is he's earlier in the trailer? He, there's all this mist and this giant shadow, and God's and Kong is like shaping up for a fight, and then this little guy comes out, of the, and then he's revealed again at the end of the trailer. I guess to the human, I don't know. Like this, this, yeah. Much like films, trailers have a visual language to them. Most trailers are edited with a similar. They put all the rhythm. clips in aftermath and put it on, or in and I like After Effects and Premiere and put it on shuffle. <laughs> yeah, really though. Like, I am all for definitely trailers being unorthodox, but there has to be a method to the madness. Like, you either you either follow the typical visual language or you do something creative. This is just nonsense, this trailer. I really hope that it's not reflective it of the actual film. It, it probably is, but... It really feels like they went, you want a trailer? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you get your trailer. They're like, oh, shoot, this comes out in April. We got to get something out. <laughs> Like, it's so, it just, there's a lot of sequencing that doesn't make any sense. I have no idea what this movie's about, which, again, is not a bad thing inherently, but this trailer shows a see, lot. if you keep playing, this is where we see. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, well. uh, for some reason, uh, the podcast character, Brian Tyree Henry's character, has a bunch of pins on his jacket. I don't He's know what that's scout. all about. No, keep going. Keep letting this up. Has, play for a bit. This has very strong Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania vibes, which is not a good thing. That's still a movie I have not seen. <laughs> it just, but yeah, that was her. Right yeah, there, that's right? her yeah. right there. She's a lot older, the young she's, girl. She's about um, to touch something shiny. Anyways, let's get off on this. Talk, we're over an hour into recording. We need to talk about something good. <gasps> Wait, so we're gonna be for another hour and a half. <laughs> so, <sighs> Godzilla minus one, uh, referencing the fact that this is effectively a prequel. It's not technically connected to any other Godzilla series. It is. But it takes it, place before any other Godzilla movie has taken place. They, they did, the first one was in the it, 50s. It is probably the most faith, faithful. <laughs> I almost ducked some stuff over. Yeah, nice thing. It's probably the most faithful recreation of the 1954. As oh, far as of, like tone. Compared to all of the other. Yeah. Yes. Tone. Mm-hmm. Objective uh, metaphors because it doesn't look like they're not trying like the the guy's not it's not a big kaiju suit it's still <laughs> modern CGI but yeah as far as what it's trying to achieve it's very similar to the original one but um I was all your notes it doesn't it doesn't have an unnecessary um no this is all my notes oh dang you got more notes than me I'm just <laughs> going on vibes oh I've got a rough outline of the okay, plot cool, cool. which I'm and then I've got like my favorite parts. And some, some, some critiques. But, okay, so before we start, a little bit of a precursor. I kept watching this movie. The main actor, his, I'm not going to, his last name is Kamiki. His uh, first name on. is, I'm, I, Ryano Suki? Ryano Suki? Suke? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't no. know. I'll just I, I thought I had it pulled up. I actually had it at, um, oh yeah, Kamiki Ryano Suke. I think that's his oh, name. Oh, there you go. Uh, nice. You nailed that. His, his character's name is... And if I don't Kochi? nail any of the names, yeah. I cannot be... No, his name is Koichi Shikishima. Koichi. Um, very so. handsome young man. My mind kept thinking, as I was watching this movie, I was just curious, like, who is this guy? As far as, like, in 
Japan? Is he famous? Is he not famous? Is he an unknown? Is this a typical role for him? I looked him up. Um, he uh, is a child actor. Was a child actor. He's now 30. <laughs> um, he was actually f- scouted personally by Hayao Miyazaki. Wow. Famous director of uh, Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro and a bunch of other classic anime films. Um, he... has appeared in seven of the top 10 highest grossing Japanese films in Japan. Dang. Uh, and he wrote a book in which he interviewed 15 professionals who are the top of their field known as the master chef masters cafe. Sorry. (laughs) I totally messed that up. (laughs) He has worked on the stage. Um, he has been a radio host. He has directed music videos. He has his own YouTube uh, channel. He's got he is a all. photographer. He has made calendars. Um, he uh, jack was, of all trades. Yeah, he uh has excavated fossils. That can't be right. <laughs> That's what it says here on Wikipedia. Well, yeah. So this guy has done a lot. Uh, Someone just needs to keep adding more outrageous things on there. <laughs> Went to the moon. <laughs> He was in a live-action adaptation of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so, fascinating guy. Fascinating young man. I think really good in this movie. Uh, so, I just wanted that context for who is playing our main star in this film. Um, do you want to guess the budget? Do you know the budget? It's 15 million. 15? This movie looks incredible. It looks so Dude, good. I assume this was like a $100, $150 million film. Fifth, insanely good. No. Lots of times, yes. Japanese studios are over severely yes. overworked and severely underpaid. That is the unfortunate drawback to such a low budget. Is but, unfortunately we. But presume... I, I also haven't heard that about this <laughs> film. But however, fifteen million, amazing. And I, I've been seeing. We'll talk more about the uh, play, but like this just really showcases what can be made on a small budget. Yeah. And it also showcases how much movie budget goes into actors. Yeah, at least totally. in Hollywood. Totally. So, um, and I hope this is. We'll talk about, it, of course. I really hope this is a great sign to Hollywood that sometimes less is more. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, in 1945 is where we open. Yes. Uh, Japan, uh, towards the end of the war, uh, a kamikaze pilot who is our main character, Koichi. Is that what you said? Shikishima. Yeah. He um, lands his plane on an island. He is, again, well, you said kamikaze pilot. If you're not familiar with that, kamikaze pilots are not supposed to come back alive. Mm-hmm. They are supposed to, to die with honor on the battlefield by, you know, wrecking their plane into enemy craft. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims that there was a problem with his plane, goes back, lands. They're like, there's nothing wrong with your plane. And he's like, what are you implying? And the guy tries to come from him and tells him he understands. And then Godzilla shows up. And and so A little Godzilla. Again, a, like a twenty five, thirty not, yeah, foot tall Godzilla. This is this pre mutation Godzilla. Yes. Um and our our hero is ordered to get in his plane and shoot Godzilla. Like get like to sit in the plane and fire mm-hmm. whenever Godzilla walks in front of him because it's it's a landed craft. Um and he gets in the plane and he totally freezes. Godzilla passes him by and kills almost everyone else other than one guy. And his name is um Suzaku uh, Takibana. And um, 
we then flash forward. No, no, it, it kind of progresses um, linearly. He goes back home, figures out his uh, parents are dead from an air raid on his home village. From the fire raids. And um, in um, he's walking through the village and a woman is running away from the police holding a baby. Uh, no, no, so, so you skipped a little bit. Um, when he gets home... And I was going to try not to get caught up in too much detail, because okay. we'll be here forever well, if I try to tell the whole movie. He's been home for a little bit. Okay, yeah. They've re- he's rebuilt a house of some form, a shack. He, This woman thrusts the baby into his arms, and then keeps running. He tries to leave the baby behind, but can't. He eventually starts walking away with the baby. She pops out, follows him home. He pretty much adopts this woman and the baby. The baby's not hers. Uh, yeah. she, she took the baby from a dying woman. Um, and they kind of live happily together for a couple of years. He gets a job on a tugboat uh, blowing up mines. A fishing boat. Yep. Yeah. And it's our... A, it's a... I'll say it's a wooden boat so that the mines aren't... The mines are magnetic. They go to metal mm. ships. So the wooden boat. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, the crew of this boat is a lot of fun. These characters are with us the rest of the movie. Uh, you have an older guy named Doc who was like a naval science officer. Yoji Akitsu. Uh, you have another guy who doesn't, he's kind of like a smart, like older guy, um, who was in the war. There's three guys on the ship other than our, than Koichi. You have Doc. I thought you described the other one. Yes. So, the kid sorry. and the other guy. So yeah. So Yoji Akitsu is, uh, they call him captain. Yeah. He's the captain of the um, ship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pretty smart Alec, but, uh, you know, clearly, uh, clearly scarred by the war. And then you have a younger guy who is like mad he didn't get a chance to fight. Uh-huh. And he's clearly inexperienced. Shiro Mizushima. And then uh, Doc is Kenji Noda. There you go. Uh, fun just... characters. Uh, good crew of characters we've got here. Um, oh, also, what is the... What is the uh, Nariko is the woman who is living with Koichi now. And they're not technically romantically involved. Uh, they're just kind of raising this little girl yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> who is adorable. Because uh, it jumps a few years down the road and she's very she's cute. So cute. Um, uh, it, throughout this montage, uh, we see Godzilla getting blasted with nuclear radiation. The, yeah, Bikini Atoll. Mm-hmm. As, as the uh, Americans are testing their nuclear arms. Um, so then it cuts down a few years down the road. Our, our heroes are sent out on their ship to investigate. They find a warship that's been torn apart. And our main hero... Oh, something not su- not super important, but to just quickly explain why he knows it's Godzilla is Godzilla lives in the de- depths and com- when he comes up, deep sea creatures come with him. Mm-hmm. And so... And <laughs> this is probably the silliest effect in the movie. They're like just like... like plastic like something wrong with those fish (laughs) they're just floating in the water they're not it's not cgi it's Mm -hmm. just these weird like um like tadpole things (laughs) just floating around in the water and so our hero immediately knows that it's godzilla and his he's been given that name by the locals of the island that godzilla first appeared Mm -hmm. on so that he has that name in universe and then he shows up well and it's it's uh It's re- isn't it revealed on the boat that the doctor knew the whole time? I don't quite remember. It's been about I, a week. No, I think, so. so if I remember correctly, they uh, 
Oh, I just got... Oh, man, this is terrible. Now I can't remember. Because it's not where the boat fight is, is it? So what happens now is Godzilla shows up and he's chasing... He's d- pretty much just got his head barely out of the water and he's chasing our heroes. Okay, And they're so, trying to get him to so, eat some mines. Yes, and so they were sent out. There's a, there's a, they have a buddy fishing boat. They were sent out to investigate what took out the ship. The doctor knows what it is, or maybe not exactly what it is, but they know he knows that something took out the ship. And so their goal is to destroy it with the mines that they have been cutting. And so, um, Godzilla shows up and actually, uh, takes out the other fishing boat. Mm-hmm. Um, kills them dead D.E.D. wrecked gone to the to Davy Jones depths they go um, and so then Godzilla turns his sights on um, our heroes in their fishing boat so they take off as fast as they can go this is what I imagine like driving a 1970s rust bucket against uh-huh. like a, a hellcat or something would go um, and Godzilla is big he is much bigger at this point. Um, so, for context, uh, the wiki says that he was 15 meters tall at the beginning of the film, which is approximately uh, 50 feet. Mm-hmm. And he is now 50 meters, which is 150. the original height. So, and he's 20 tons. Mm-hmm. Big boy. So, um, they, <laughs> they, uh, you know they're fly. They are. They're not flying. They are racing away as fast as they can. Um, Shikishima, uh, he's such an asset to his ship because the way they blow up the mines is they just shoot it from a distance. Since he was a pilot, he can hit moving objects in the water and account yeah. for the movement. So he has another chance to shoot Godzilla with the gun on the fishing boat, but it doesn't do anything because Godzilla's really big. Yes. They manage to release a mine into Godzilla's mouth. Um, and it detonates, and this is where we see because we, you know, it detonates like half his face off. Mm-hmm. They think he won. They won, and his face regenerates like immediately. Immediately, and they're like, "Oh crap!" Now he's really pissed. Um, but a heavy cruiser shows up, military cruiser, um, shoots a Godzilla, distracts him, and Godzilla just rips the boat in half. Without any problem. And they do manage to hurt him enough to scare him off. Something makes him leave. He blows up the ship. Oh, they, they, okay, now I remember. Yes, they, they injure him enough to make him dive down. They think they've won. Yes. And then you just hear something and you see the light in this, his the blue beam, glow. his atomic breath shoots straight up to the ship and causes it to explode. It's sick, man. And so it destroys the heavy cruiser, but he leaves, he leaves our heroes alone. Yes. So then uh, our heroes return back to the city. Um, and then eventually, at some point, um, Just a couple they, days later. they figure out that he's on a path to end up in a particular city, which is where... Tokyo. No, not Tokyo. Different. It's wherever Noriko is. Oh, Ginza. Yeah. And so uh, Noriko, the woman that's living with uh, there's, our main hero. There's a... Forgetting, uh, it, Koichi. 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 And the reason she works is because, so we had a nice little family dynamic scene of Koichi and his coworkers, and they just assume he and Noriko are married and he's not. And so they kind of give him a really 
they're also really confused, which I mean, valid. Um, <laughs> they're playing family. Yeah, they the look he, they give him when he's like, oh, because the young girl calls him daddy, and he's like, I'm not your dad, and they all go, huh? I well, no, I think it was. She's feeding them, and he said they say something oh. about you're a good wife, and, yeah, and she's, she's like, like I'm no, no one's wife. wife, and they all look at him. Yeah, and he's like, they're like, why not? <laughs> and so there, there's just this conversation of, um, like, what were you talking about? And he's like, and basically it comes down to, I, I don't want to marry her, mm-hmm. and she overhears this. So the next day, she's like, I've got a job. Mm-hmm. They're gonna leave the girl with the neighbor lady. Um, so she starts, she starts working. Um, and she's in Ginza, which is a couple days later. Um, yeah, and that's where Godzilla is headed for. Mm-hmm. So uh, Koichi tries to get to the city as quickly as possible. And Godzilla's return has also brought up all of Koichi's survivor's guilt. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All and, of his survivor's guilt. And so we get our, our, which is pretty much our primary classic Godzilla scene. He attacks the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, attacks the uh, train. the train that uh, Koichi, not Koichi, uh, or uh, Noriko. Noriko is on, which is a great sequence. Uh, she falls out, lands in the water. She lifts. She was holding her <laughs> whole body weight, uh, and like f- forty feet in the air. Godzilla continues to attack the rest of the city. There's a as he's going a certain direction, just catty corner across the street from where he is. There's a, f- a news crew on top of a I building. I do believe that's almost directly. Uh, ref like a recreation from the 1954 original. One of the worst ideas possible. Journalist, gosh, such a bad idea because he they're li- turns they're around, live streaming, and his tail, think his tail wipes out the bottom of the building, which then caused the building to collapse. Uh-huh. And they, they all the, the camera stays on the building and pretty much just follows the top of the roof as it collapses, and we see them fall off, and it cuts right before they mm-hmm. hit the ground. This movie's brutal. And and so as we see, I remember seeing parts of the trailer before this and going, oh, because yeah. Godzilla is walking and he's so heavy, he breaks up chunks of the road and you see the people who are running fly up, you know, kind of like how a lever, how a seesaw works. Oh, totally. Like yeah. you see them fly because they've just been launched 20 feet in the air. And so... This movie is just about as dark as you can get for PG-13. It I really think. is. As far as these kind of movies, it's, it's. I mean, you see people dying. They're not like it. This is not. I feel your like typical Hollywood film where they try to like skirt around. The screams are visceral. Yeah, sure. They, like this isn't. I don't know. Not like this isn't just like your normal hot. You guys need this. There's some. <laughs> there's some genuine fear to this, and. You hear people reacting, however short it is, to Godzilla stepping on them. Um. Yeah. Like yeah, the good. the scream cut just, and so force of nature. I there is intent in this versus like Shin Godzilla, where he's just kind of like, I don't know where I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where? Yeah. Like where am I? Like there is intent. Um, to this. They're, like he he's on a mission, and so um, uh, Shikishima uh, is looking for her in Ginza because he's like, I need to find Noriko, and so they he find like Noriko falls. There's like kind of a typical like you know Prometheus school of running. A lot of these people um, just running straight ahead. Um, I did actually see some people in the background running away from where he was walking, which I thought was very smart. 
Um, but so Shikishima and Riko trips and she she's exhausted. She's had to swim out of wherever she was. She's fatigued, terrified. And Shikishima shows up, grabs her and they start running. And so, um, some tanks shoot at Godzilla from a distance mm. and it stops him from walking. So Noriko and Shikishima <laughs> stop because Godzilla stopped and they're just looking at him and Godzilla turns around <laughs> and we finally get to see his atomic breath uh, in the flesh. And wow. Which, I don't know a ton about all the different versions of Godzilla, but what I feel is fairly unique to this version is as it builds up his body, his spikes pop out. I know. Which is so, so sick. It's so... And so... There's built... You know, we're like, oh, it's coming. It's, the atomic <laughs> breath is coming. We're all waiting for it. This is... You know, it's one of the most exciting parts of a Godzilla film. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to what I think is typically either like a stream of fire or a big, a big like beam. This is a very focused beam, I feel like. And he... I don't know how far away it was, but it seemed pretty far away. A couple miles. Snipes... <laughs> these um tanks um into the nether like from a distance so pretty much what happens is this beam goes very straight it hits wherever it lands and it and causes it, a nuclear explosion yes it leaves a crater and so um, which is not good for the rest of the city <laughs> and so what i actually thought was so interesting because obviously explosion the wind just the wind displacement of the explosion mm -hmm. starts rushing forward and yeah. Noriko in a self-sacrificing act. Yeah, it's wiping everything out. It's yeah. It's like you are seeing people thrown back, which we don't see a lot of. I mean, we kind of, we got a little bit of a clue in King of the Monsters when Rodan would fly over people, sure. yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's not something movies don't show bodies flying through the air, you know, for reasons. Uh huh. And so it's a fastly approaching our main couple, and Noriko shoves Shikishima into the uh, the alleyway, mm -hmm. saving him, and she gets rocketed back, however <laughs> far. But it doesn't stop there, because okay. the vacuum of all the air pushed <laughs> out after like ten seconds comes back and just rushes back the other way, and you still see people flying back the other way and it's just absolute devastation mm -hmm. um Absolutely. because it you know i think at that point you could you know if it just stopped after being blown away you're like i have um a way to go search for my um roommate um and they were roommates um <laughs> they could have a have a way to go search but with everything being pulled back there's just you don't even know where to start um, one so, of the I would like to try to just to wrap up our oh, plot okay. summary so we can actually talk about what we like okay. about this movie. Okay. Um, uh, Koichi survives this downward spiral. Uh, the military can't really do much about it. They can't get any support from the Americans or the Soviets because of the Cold War. Cold War. Um, so a bunch of ex-Navy citizens band together to try to go after Godzilla. Doc, one of our, the, the ex-military uh, science officer from uh, Koichi's boat, formulates a plan to inject a bunch of, uh, what was it? Like hydrogen or... Oh, uh, I can't remember what the chemical or, was. 
um, inject some sort of chemical into the water around Godzilla, which causes him to sink very rapidly, sink him to a great depth, hope the pressure kills him there. And then if that doesn't, the, whatever devices that attach to him that cause him to sink would then have giant inflatables on them that would then bring him back up to the surface, hoping maybe that change in pressure kills him. Essentially, they're trying to give him the bends. <laughs> and what the bends, bends yeah. is, if you don't know, is when you uh, rise up through the ocean too fast, and I believe it's the nitrogen or um, the cells in your blood expand too fast and kill you. And in uh, just quickly, a note I have written down here, when in that scene where they're explaining that they're going to try to sink him, and someone goes, what if that doesn't work? And they go, well, we have a plan for that. And they go out, and what's outside is they do a uh, demonstration of the giant inflatable. But what I said as they were approaching the window is I said, the, uh, there better be a steampunk Mechagodzilla out there. I really thought going into this Mechagodzilla was actually in this movie. <laughs> um, so that's their plan. Uh, and the other element is that they promise not to sacrifice anyone because mm-hmm. the, the whole subtext of all of this it's in the text. They're constantly referencing, we don't want to go back to war. We've already lost so much. We don't want to deal with this again. But they're like, we have to. We don't and have a choice. A lot of the undertones of the everyday people dying yes. for the higher ups. So they... They take only volunteers. This is very critical of the Japanese government from World War II at, at, the, at the bare minimum. Um, and these people are like, we're not going to sacrifice people like we did in the war. This is going to be, we're going to do this. We're going to do it right. But it's not going to sacrifice people. And meanwhile, our main hero is feeling very guilty over all of this. He ends up deciding that he needs to be part of this. And he's going to fly a, fly a plane and try to... The official plan is for him to try to attract Godzilla away from the city out into the water so they can sink him in a, in a particularly deep spot. And they need this particular uh, plane that was a prototype during the war that didn't get finished. He thinks that the only one that can fix this is the only surviving mechanic from the beginning of the movie goes and finds this guy uh has to convince him to help him and what in actuality and this is uh Suzaku Tachibana uh, Koichi's plan is to finally actually kamikaze redeem himself um yeah and so they build that's his plan is that if it all goes wrong he will there's a there's a bomb inside the plane he will fly into Godzilla's mouth and kill him um spoiler alert everything that the plan pretty much goes exactly as you'd expect it's all very exciting it's all incredibly well done um they sink godzilla um bring him back up a lot goes on you have to watch the movie to get all the details it's really great and he survives he's hurt and he's moving slow but he survives he opened his mouth to go to kill uh one of the ships with his blast and Koichi comes in at the last second, flies, the ship lands in his mouth, explodes, blows the top of Godzilla's mouth off, and then you see Koichi within his uh, ejector uh, parachute floating down, flashes back. The guy who built the ship, you see a flashback of him, uh, not the plane, showing him that he built in an ejector seat. Earlier in the film, they had they wrote off a list of all the things the government did that led to deaths, mm-hmm. one of which being that they built planes without ejector seats. So it's a very emotional moment. Um, Godzilla Lego deaths <laughs> into the ocean. He just kind of falls to pieces. Um, everyone celebrates. Koichi, they all return to l- land. Koichi receives a note, goes to a hospital. Turns out... Noriko uh, is alive. Noriko is alive. Um... But 
he he embraces they embrace uh clearly uh they're in love and then on her neck is something growing and it cuts to black <laughs> we then see something sinking into the ocean which according to the wikipedia article is the carcass of godzilla mm-hmm. and you see it mutating mm-hmm. and that's how the movie <laughs> ends it, it ends very quickly with a two different teases for a sequel that are a little confusing rachel what do you think <laughs> It's my top movie of the year. Oh, wow. Has, okay, I'd like to talk about that later. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it into my ranking in a bit. But, uh, <laughs> Rachel, what do you think? Anyways, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, like that, that, that's, that, um, I think that's something that would be fun to talk about at the end of our conversation. Right. So anyways, uh, side, Rachel's side top movie 2023. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, man. I went into this going, Godzilla movie came out just blown away by how good it was. I just, and I, I, I tell the same one. I really don't care a lot for human characters in Godzilla mm-hmm. films. Totally. Um, it's like the human characters in Transformers. They are there because the plot deems it necessary. Um, but a lot of times they end up just taking away from the movie itself. You see it. Um, I love Shin Godzilla. It's a weird comfort movie for me. I just put it on. I don't know what to watch. <laughs> Um, it's Man, great. I find, he's I so get, terrifying. He's so scary. You get to Dead watch 20 eyes. minutes of Godzilla and then I just do something else for the other two hours. Um, but so while that's a great critique of maybe the modern, like, you know, it's a critique of the modern, of uh, Japanese government's response to the Fukushima, uh, Fukushima um, <laughs> disaster. Uh, it's just so long and dry in between. And I know there's a point to it, but it's just like, gosh, I don't really care about any of these people. Um, seeing the entire Japanese government cabinet go up in a laser. That was interesting. (laughs) But, and like King of the Monsters, I thought, I mean, I didn't hate the human cast in it. Um, Charles Dance, uh, King. I love him. He's, you know. It's very unfortunate he did not come back. He was a fun. uh, I won't get it. We'll wait. We'll save that for if we ever cover King of the Monsters. Yes. Um, yes, We will. We will. And then just. I mean, I won't talk too much on Legendary, but like Kong versus Godzilla, just, I don't know, abysmal treatment of the human cast. What about this movie? This This movie, I cared about every single one of these people. I'd never do that. Good human characters. All of them had a real, maybe a relatability. They had, they're they're all very human, as weird as that sounds. Mm -hmm. They weren't a cast. These felt like real people in a real situation doing their darndest to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. um, and to solve um, music. Perfect. Um, Phenomenal. And like just the movie sounds great. The, the music's so great. Good. The sound design is great. All the sound effects are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I totally agree. What uh, you've been listening. We got in the car earlier to get food. You were <laughs> listening to the score. Do you have a particular track that stands out to you? Yet? Oh gosh. Okay. Yes. So there's obviously the Godzilla suite. That's just the the usual Godzilla theme. It's you know it's always a bop. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for a second here. You you can keep talking. It's not my top it. one though. It's just it's just always a good so, you know you've probably heard it. Um, so that's that's not original to this movie. That's no the, the that's classic the, uh, theme. classic theme. Um, so my top favorites. I have two. Some of the um, it's between resolution and last. Resolution is during I believe the idea time where they're kind of figuring everything out. Last is the track that plays uh as um 
Kuichi? Yes, Kuichi. As f- he's making his last flight. Ooh, good stuff. It's very short, so if we listen to it this whole time, I'm cool with it. Um, but it's... And speaking of sound, uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie, uh, lack of sound. So when Godzilla too. comes back up to the surface and is about to atomic breath all of our heroes on the, sh- on the uh, ships, it goes totally silent. Mm-hmm. And the way this movie has gone so far... I'm 100% believe that they might kill all these characters. I really thought it's that. It's well within the realm. It's well within the realm of possibility mm-hmm. for this film. I'm happy that they don't die, but I would and I would have felt a lot if they had died. And really it would have like, been powerful. Yes. Um, and I think it's a testament to this film that they made me care about that moment. And this is the part where, if I remember correctly, they are um, realizing the plan is not quite working. I see. Um, yeah. They are realizing, you know, there's a bit of like triumph, but also like desperation. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, not me talking about triumph and desperation in music themes again. <laughs> um, but so um, there's a part where uh, so I've I've been kind of listening to this track specifically on repeat because it's just very powerful. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, how far are we in the song? Uh, this is two minutes, 14 seconds in out of 234. 234. Okay, so this is, uh, so yeah, I believe that that is where, um, sorry, that is where the buildup to where they're realizing we're about to get blasted. In the <laughs> Resolution, I believe that's actually much longer, but the next part that comes in, especially the end of Resolution, is when he is flying his plane towards Godzilla. This is resolu- this is like the middle resolution. of resolution. Yeah, good stuff. And it just keeps building. Like, if you skip, like, uh, just this a little bit more. This is three minutes in. Just a little bit more. This bit? Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Speaking Cop- of the plane bit, um, I think something that gets brought up in a lot in good or bad gods of the movies, something that's always important or is done poorly, scale. Mm-hmm. What I was complaining about with the um, hollow earth stuff from Kong and Godzilla you get a lack of scale. What the one thing that you love about a Gareth Edwards movie is his, his sense of scale mm-hmm. is phenomenal. This movie has great sense of scale. One of the best is when Koichi is attacking Godzilla and just like barely missing his attacks. Just uh-huh. like like, right, like going right around Godzilla, his tail's barely missing him. You really feel Godzilla's mm-hmm. momentum. I think this is an incredible balance of. I think something you can lose with CGI is weight. Um, suits always have weight to them. Typically, I mean, not always, but typically the classic suits, because they're they're destroying real sets mm-hmm. and things, there is a sense of weight, weight to them, but they're silly looking. Mm-hmm. They're not convincing. And Godzilla moves just like the original one, like the guy in the suit. The step, pause, step, mm, yeah. pause. I think they've they've really nailed a balance here of mm-hmm. the, the realism CGI gives you, but the like the weight and um, I don't know. There's just something that connects with people about the original kaiju movies. I don't know exactly what you would say about that. It's a little bit of silliness that makes it enjoyable because if it, obviously if it was too horrifying, it wouldn't be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. This is still fun to watch this movie. It's crazy. Cause that's the thing about Shin Godzilla. Shin is great. It's I like it, but it's super wreck. dark. 
And Shin is not necessarily that fun. It's just one of those things where you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It just keeps getting worse. Um, well, this is this still manages to be fun and, in its destruction. And you mentioned wait, and not to talk about the roads again, but it's just I don't know. I was really kind of it was it's a nice, it's a pleasant surprise to see Godzilla walking and breaking up pieces of the road. Yeah, because I love Legendary Godzilla. Legendary Godzilla is a chonk of a Godzilla and he doesn't do that well I guess there's not a lot of focus on Godzilla's feet um but uh, but so just anyway some other notable tracks are hope honor and pride those are all good ones but my top is probably I don't know resolution and last are probably tied for my favorite I don't really know it's just chef's kiss um I just and we talked about time you mentioned this that second you mentioned the silence when we first see godzilla's atomic breath on land the sound cuts out before the actual beam Mm. like as it's like breaking the sound barrier i don't know i was just i think well in that scene my jaw i was like i just dropped i don't know if you saw but (laughs) jaw on the floor it was just such a nice touch because i think it almost not subverts expectations you're like the godzilla laser (laughs) <laughs> and then the bit of silence it's like it was almost like a real explosion noise where there's like yeah it reminded delay. me a lot of in last jedi when they have the giant battering ram laser oh. that blows up the the door to the rebel base see i was actually thinking oh, when I know you're about to say sorry not to cut you off no you're good like when... this, this was literally similar because it was a laser mm-hmm. the laser shoots silence explosion mm-hmm. but what you I know what you're going to reference is the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> yeah, where yeah, similar. I can see what you say that. Yeah, where the the ship blows through and there's that sex. I was flabbergasted in the theater when I saw. I was like, oh, <laughs> and then the sound all comes in. But I don't know. It was just, I just really kind of liked it. Um, it's super cool that his spikes pop out. Yeah, I mean we talked about that. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about one thing real fast. I want to use that something I like a lot to transition into like my one critique of the movie. Um, well I've yeah, one critique. Uh, so one thing I lo- one thing I love that goes with scale is the shot. So Godzilla does his nuclear breath, explodes the city, it wipes out everyone, it wipes out Noriko. I know what you're talking. Koichi sure survives. Talking. He comes out, has a really emotional moment, looks up, and sees Godzilla. That shot where it pans, it it starts with a high angle that's down on that- Koichi. It. It uh, dollies down, angles up at Koichi, he turns, and then the camera turns, and out of the dust comes Godzilla. It is a terrifying shot. It's so good. And I just like, he just screams at him. Yeah. Very human response. But I'll transition into the thing I don't like is that that high angle at Koichi. Um, Point five photo. (laughs) It's angled down, it's angled down at him. And I, there's a lot of shots like that in the movie. There's, there's a lot of shots where the camera is looking down on our subjects, so we don't really get a lot of depth. And it might be a creative choice. And I can understand why you would sometimes do that. I suspect it's a result of budget limitations, which once I've learned this was $15 million, I'm really willing to forgive a lot because I thought this was a much more expensive movie. But nonetheless, one of the basic elements of cinematography is is humans really love depth and there's a lot of good reasons to avoid depth but Mm -hmm. in a moment where you have this character step out and he's seeing the destruction but obviously we want to be able to see his face 
We need to see the destruction behind him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're at this high angle and all we're getting is the, the like, cement behind the him. Alley. There's, there's a lot of shots like that. And it just, it makes the movie feel claustrophobic when it shouldn't mm-hmm. at times. That, I, again, we have a billion th- nice things to say about this movie. I'm just kind of throwing out the one thing that bugged me a bit. The one, the Those shots took me out of the movie because I, I was just a little bit distracted by... This is this makes it feel like it was shot on a set rather than in real life, which again, budget limitations, totally understandable, fifteen million dollars. Um, but yeah, did you have any you have any critiques? Anything you would have liked to have seen di- done differently? Noriko could have gotten into that alley. <laughs> yeah, her her push is not. I know it is in slow motion. It's very anime, <laughs> but it's it feels like she pushes him, and then she gets wiped out. Yeah. It feels like she, with the exact same amount of momentum that she used to push him, she could have been Grabbed diving. his arm and gone yeah. with him. But the but fact that I'm she I'm just does... built different. That's what I would have done. But also it gives like the plot of his survivor's guilt just keeps compiling yes. and it works so well. And so, and so and before... I'll talk about that as my favorite thing. I'll, as yes. I'll get deeper into that. There's one thing I wanted to mention. It was about the ending, the regeneration, because, mm. you know, we're like, well, we just watched Noriko get shoved back. Um, probably a hundred feet by like 50 miles per hour. I don't su- actually probably more than an atomic bomb blast. Uh-huh. And if she's not, uh, eviscerated with glass at this point, going, <laughs> yeah. getting pulled back, she probably is, but she's alive and she actually looks pretty good for wear. Um, so mm. my thought was because, you know, it's a pretty ominous ending where we see Godzilla regenerating. I'm choosing to believe for my own peace of mind and love of happy endings <laughs> that because it's, it, it's very ominous ending that we see, the same regeneration in her neck. Do you think that's what it is? I believe that. It seems like some sort of in, like radioactive infection it to could, me. My thought was maybe the only reason she is alive is, and so they kind of touched on this after the destruction and Godzilla dipped um, mm. uh, from Ginza is that they were like, we don't even, they're like, they don't know how long cleanup's going to take because it's contaminated radiation and also contaminated with Godzilla bits. Uh-huh. Um, and so my thought was, Maybe she somehow um, got in contact with uh-huh. a Godzilla DNA bit. I don't know how it works. Something, uh-huh. maybe she had a cut. I don't know. Godzilla DNA swapping. Maybe that's how she's alive because maybe she has, with as we see, Godzilla's DNA is very good at mutating. If she got in contact with it, maybe she regenerated. Maybe that's how she that's lived. Possible. I'm going to take a stab at a possible um, path for this for a sequel. My mind... It's, it seems like an infection. It's like crawling up her neck. It's very quick, so we don't mm-hmm. see a ton of it. My assumption that my brain immediately went to for what this, this would mean in the sequel is everyone who's been exposed to that will be infected with that, and it will affect their mind in some way. Not almost zombie-esque. And with how heavy this movie is with themes and subtext and, and metaphors for post-war Japan, my thought would be, you have all these survivors Metaphor. who are visu- mentally affected. That would symbolize the way people are affected, like mentally. PTSD. Like PTSD, which is a huge element of this movie. Oh. People who are like not dealing well with the PTSD. Like this movie is like all things considered, uh, Koichi's doing well. Like it's a it's a rough movie for him, but like he's, he's not his- he's not lashing out. I think I think potentially a conflict of the second movie is that you'll have all these people who become zombie-like and angry or whatever, whatever that does to their mind, might, I don't know, I don't, I never lived in Japan, I don't know much about Japan, but I would assume there's probably a lot of people after the war 
who went in a bad direction. Well, it's like people coming home, Americans coming home from World War One after trench warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, soldiers coming home after World War Two. Yeah. What was it? Um, was that Silent Generation? Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah, Silent Generation. They went through a lot. Uh-huh. And they and therapy wasn't really as preached <laughs> yeah. back then. No one went to therapy. Um, but so, and you know what? Not to cut you off. Um, do you know what made me think about it a little bit? What's that? How the ending of Shin Godzilla shows the little human things uh-huh. on his tail. The uh-huh. next phase of Shin Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, don't know, I don't know if it's a callback or... I don't know. Yeah. But anyways. That, that transition to... I do have a few... A classic hmm segment. Uh, <laughs> the cliffhanger is a bit for me like it i love the happy ending in this movie like i think some people don't love happy endings some people can get a little annoyed i can understand where you think this movie might be going for a I little love bit resolutions <laughs> uh i think this movie i think you could feel like bring uh, having uh noriko survive might be a little bit of a cop-out i think after how dark this movie is the happy ending is well earned that cliffhanger kind of so weirdly steps on that note like you can you could go with a dark ending or you go with a happy ending, but to have a happy ending and then have this weird little cliffhanger sting at the very minus end. Two. And I'm totally fine with um, after credits. That would be a beautiful way to use after credits. These are as the movie ends. Yeah. It's a weird note to move in the movie. I don't hate it, but I don't think it's great. Um, the cry, I don't love the crying. There's a lot of crying in this movie. Sometimes it feels a little overdone. Uh, not necessarily a critique, just like a. All right, this is going a little long. It's a bit much. It's kind of typical of, of Eastern Asian films, Korean films, Chinese films, Japanese films tend to have very dramatic crying. It's very ingrained in their culture. So um, I think this might be relatively naturalistic for their culture. But um, to to a Western audience, I think it comes off as a, a bit much. Which is not a again not a critique, just an observation. Maybe ju- we're maybe we're just uncomfortable with vulnerability. <laughs> Look, <laughs> a lot of crying in movies. I'm totally fine with crying. Uh, it's just a, a little look, and it's it's kind of a double sided sword. The rest of the movie, the movie is kind of a little Japanese films like this tend to be a little overacted, which is totally fine. It, it's the genre. There's a tone here. It's a little bit relatively si- silly film. We're talking about it being dark, but it's also kind of silly. The characters are archetypes. Characters are very clearly like one thing through most of the film. The acting is a bit goofy, but it works super well. Um, Other thing is, I think there might be a really strange like male anatomy joke in this movie at one point. Um, I don't know if it's me or if it's a weirdly lost in translation thing uh, or like change in translation. I'm not sure. There's a part where they're on the ship and they're waiting for Godzilla. And Koichi's sitting there. I think it's Doc comes over to talk to him. And um, they've got the mines in front of them. There's two mines sitting there. And Doc says something like, you're going to need more than a pair of these to beat Godzilla. And it's two large round objects in front of him. And in English, we have to say something like, grow a pair. I don't know if that's a translation thing, but it seemed like there may have been a joke there. Because the use of the word pair is very particular in the way the shot was framed. I don't know. I don't think I want that to be the joke, but I think it may have been the intention. It's a bit off. But also, it could be a weird translation thing and not be intended at all. But anyways. uh, Um, You've had any hmm moments? I don't know. Um, 
I don't know. I love it. I've got some. I've got one more thing I really want to talk about that I thought was just really touching. Yeah, I've got one last favorite element that oh, I wanted to okay. use as my my big summarizing thought. Okay. You can go ahead. Okay, so we kind of talked about this. This plays. This movie plays a lot into my average people doing big things mm. trope that I love so much. I've talked. Yeah, I've ta- I won't bore you all with the spiel again, but. I, I love that trope, especially at the end, because we have the two military boats that are trying to pull Godzilla up and they fail. And then someone comes over the radio. It's the kid from the boat. And by kid, he's like he's like 18. He But he was too young to go to war. But yeah. he's he's a young man now. And he comes in with all the fishing boats in the area. It's very Dunkirk. You mentioned very it. It's Dunkirk, very Dunkirk. Very end of Rise of Skywalker. Yes. And they pull up Godzilla and we have this scene where I really thought he was going to get eviscerated, just specifically that kid, because building up to this, they're like, it is dangerous. You did not have to go to war. You shouldn't have to fight this one. Stay home. You're a young man. Live. Um, and even in that scene where it's silent, where Godzilla is charging up his atomic breath to take out at least one boat. And, you know, we're I'm you know, we're bracing ourselves. Yeah, they're they're going to die. Doc, Captain, they're dead. And then um, Shukushima comes out of nowhere as he's been flying around. And he, it, the intent, obviously, he's flying towards Godzilla. Doc and Captain see that. Mm-hmm. And Doc says, they say no. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they just know immediately. Because yeah. there, there has been this buildup where the other characters, as they're interacting with Shukushima during this, they're like, they can tell that he wants to redeem himself, yeah. but it's kind of hard to bring up, hey, man, don't kill yourself. No, <laughs> like, it's They can notice it, but they're like, we have this plan. But even while they're facing down, they're looking into the jaws of death. And Shukushima has, I don't know, maybe it was a thing of it's not going to help or not, or they're viewing this as he can still get away. They do not want him to sacrifice himself for them. And I just, they they care so deeply about him. We see that in um, Takibana, who was the only surviving engineer who only comes, who finally, they finally find him because Shukushima sends out hate mail to everyone saying that, <laughs> saying that everyone died because of this engineer. That's how he shows like up because he beats the crap out of Shukushima. And Shukushima goes, I knew you wouldn't help if I didn't insult you. Or, or like, yeah. I knew you wouldn't show up if I didn't give you a reason to come out, basically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And... You know, this whole time we are seeing all these people who care so much about him, his co-workers, Noriko. And even when we get that flashback after, you know, they think he's dead. I would also assume someone is dead if they fly into the mouth of Godzilla. And they see him coming down in the parachute and we get that flashback of Takibana showing him. They've built this whole plane, rebuilt it from the bones, basically. And Shukushima is like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill Godzilla. It's like, I have to do this to redeem myself, to redeem my parents, to redeem all the guys that died on the island because I didn't kill Godzilla. And we see that scene where Takibana, who has who blamed him really kind of for mm, everything, yep, yep. shows him there's an eject button on this. Takibana tells him just live. And that's so touching. We see when the call comes through on the radio, the pilot is alive. Takibana cries. He breaks down. Because Shukushima chose to live. Mm-hmm. And I think just the depth on how these characters 
value each other is just so touching. I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. My I think the unifying element for this movie is, yes, there is incredible Godzilla action in this movie, but most Godzilla movies nail the Godzilla stuff. That's hardly ever Big man, problem, big right? lizard man. He's one of the ones. And like, I, I mean, but even still, the again, going back one last time, Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> does not have great God's we'll be harping on this stuff. movie in like 12 um, weeks <laughs> but even then that's still like in, enjoyable in that movie it's the human stuff that really drags it down um this movie the human stuff is what elevates it godzilla stuff is phenomenal but that's godzilla stuff works because we are seeing it through the eyes of a human whose whole character motivation is actually tied to godzilla mm-hmm. we are following a human who's not it's not incidental that they happen to be around godzilla his whole thing is survivor's guilt. And that kamikaze pilot who didn't kamikaze is a great choice. And he, so that's the subtext. The text is the very obvious plot is he has survivor's guilt over the fact that he had a chance to kill Godzilla. And it might've worked because this was pre-radiation. Yeah. I, I don't think it would have, but that doesn't really matter. No, but he, there's the, the what if. Yes. He thinks he did. That's what's important. He thinks he had a chance to kill Godzilla and he didn't. And now things are worse than ever. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible starting point off for a main character in a Godzilla movie is a character who personally feels responsible for every single death Godzilla causes. What a That's weight. so great. That's an incredible thing to build a Godzilla movie around. Make that character like, then the next step is make him likable. Incredibly likable character. Give him good motivation. He's not just a generic military guy like Godzilla 2014. He's not just some random person running around not influencing the plot at all like most Godzilla movies. He he has a he actually does accomplish something at the end. He's our big hero at the end. You don't know what he's going to do. Him sacrificing himself would not be a noble thing in this movie. It would be sad and would be a terrible message. I thought this movie might end with him sacrificing himself. I'm so glad they didn't. Great message to say you don't need to sacrifice yourself to be a great hero. Um Give, surround him with characters who care about him that he also cares about. Give him a reason to survive. Give us a reason to care about the people who are dying. Because again, nameless people dying is not interesting. But we care about a small group of these people and we kind of extend that emotional connection to everyone else. Brilliant emotional core to this film that's then informed and su- supported by incredible filmmaking with the Godzilla stuff just being beautifully shot, b- beautifully executed, um, all around. Just phenomenal movie. Um. Uh, yeah, highly recommend. We saw it in Regal RPX, which is kind of a off-brand of IMAX, but still mm-hmm. large format, great sound. Uh, enjoyed the heck out of it. I'm pretty sure. So it's made a lot of money here in the States. It's, it's doing well. I am pretty sure they extended its run. Yeah. Because when we first got our tickets, there were two showings in mm-hmm. our area. Yeah. And maybe one in a nearby town. But I've been looking. It's still in. I might go see it again. Yeah, tons of fun. Um, Highly recommend. Go with your friends. Uh, probably not great for younger ones. Oh yeah, there were some <laughs> kids in there. That was like, ooh. I once once he started like visually stepping on people. I was kind of like, oh. Um, but as I said, this is my top twenty. This is my top movie yeah. of the year. It, it. I would say this is definitely the best thing that we've covered this year. Mm-hmm. The only thing that might be over it is the uh, world between world episodes of Ahsoka. Um, oh, interesting. Other that, that that's the closest competition. Other than that, I've enjoyed most mm-hmm. of what we covered this year, uh, as far as the new stuff. But n- n- nothing. Maybe an episode of Visions Volume Two, 
But this is definitely the biggest like surprise. I mean, in general, everything I've watched. This yeah, year, yeah. I, I'm, just, is, like, I'm putting it in context like, of what we. I would even in. say this is a this is above across the Spider Verse for me. Yeah, I I would say that potentially. Uh, let me let me check my I so I keep a running track of what I've seen this year. Then you you can remind me what I've also seen this year. <laughs> so um, as of right now, my top movie is Asteroid City. Number two is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Uh, three is a documentary that we saw together, Bad Press. Really great documentary. Highly recommend. About the uh, Native American journalist <gasps> yes! in Oklahoma. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, number four, Barbie. Number five, Mission Impossible uh, Go- uh, Dead Reckoning Part Two. Uh, Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Oh, Guardians Volume so. Three. Dungeons and Dragons Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, I don't. Minus one. Man, that's hard. It. It's probably my number two. I think I would still put Asteroid City above it, mm-hmm. but. This is this could be number two for me. Yeah, this is this is my number one. It's it's gonna be some tough competition for New Empire next year. <laughs> coming yes. off the coattails of this. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, American, we, the legendary Godzilla films. The fights are great, but wow, this mm, minus one. Mwah. Chef's kiss. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's still in theaters. They've extend like they've had to have extended the runs. I think it's only supposed to be around for a something short time. we haven't mentioned. Um, is it is in Japanese, so oh it, yeah, it, it is subtitled. Subbed. But I was totally engaged the whole time. Oh yeah, it's totally fine. engaged. I hope it comes out on DVD so I can have a physical copy. Um, great, good stuff. Um, so moving on to our final segment of the night, which is meme minute. Meme minute, but it's longer than a minute. Uh, here's a video from Instagram. Master, the Lego animation. Oh my gosh. has been destroyed then. I must say, you sang here sooner than expected. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you are under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? <clears throat> the Senate will decide your fate. Looks pretty good. Misa is the Senate. Not yet. <laughs> it's treason, then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sound comes oh, off guard. Gosh. The only thing that they missed on that is it should have been "It's a treason," then it's not treason. just "It's treason." But nonetheless, that noise at the end <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Uh, you got you got videos. I got videos. Show me some vids. Oh, when you're bored and decide to merge every single Clone Wars episode into one, <laughs> it's just the title card. As soon as the song ends, this is gonna go <laughs> wild. They're all fate. All the titles are ta- faded oh, over one another. You oh can't read gosh. anything. <laughs> That's horrible. I hate it so much. <laughs> How long does this go for? It's only like 50 it's actually a little bit more intelligible now. Enemy lines, of his true and <laughs> Why did we only hear one at the end? That's weird. I mean, it was just really long. I don't know. Yeah, uh, hilarious. I love it. Um, <laughs> memes. Oh, you have oh, one I, more video. A, you want to play? Got one more video. Yeah. I don't remember what it is though. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> mystery <laughs> video. <laughs> Oh, this is so funny. 
Um, you're old. <laughs> uh, um, you know, relative to some you, people. You know the teenage dirtbag song. Kind of. So this says, trying to get all my friends to see Godzilla minus one with me. And stop motion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a lot of work. This is the falsetto part of uh, Teenage Dirtbags. <laughs> oh my gosh, this like anime girl just like transformed into a Godzilla. <laughs> it's, that's it. I'm that's just all I got. a gods. I'm just a giant lizard baby. Very I've got good. Two tickets to minus one. <laughs> Okay, Kay. so Images. this has got an image of the 2021 Godzilla vs. Kong movie, and they're fighting, and it says, the English in my head, the English I speak, <laughs> and it's the 1970s. Ooh, do it's you remember like, when we watched that one? Uh-huh. <laughs> There's I... got the uh, the classic Godzilla vs. Kong as two men in costumes. Classic Godzilla vs. Kong is not on any streaming services I for on DVD. good reason. <laughs> yeah. Good reason. That's the... That's the epitome of the monster stuff is super fun and the human stuff is so... Just well, like If you watch it, just fast forward to the human stuff, but the monster stuff is so funny. Also, the old movies representing other diverse populations doesn't go yes, so like well. I said, fast forward through <gasps> the human stuff. <laughs> real, real octopus, super cool. That yeah, fight. That... <laughs> they fight. It's super great. Yeah. Uh, what's, what do you got for memes? You spent 525,600 minutes this year watching Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> so from, it's Spotify rap. But it's... <laughs> watching Star Wars That's Rebels. good. Um, when your hero visits you in the hospital, and it's, you know, Tom Holland Spider-Man with a kid, and Captain America with a kid, and Robert Downey Jr. with a kid, and then out the window you just see Godzilla. <laughs> 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 that's that's me wait hold on hold on go back to that i know what image that's i don't remember what movie it's from that image is like 10 seconds before godzilla takes out a girl in a hospital bed who'd been abandoned because they couldn't they couldn't that's they couldn't get her wild. out of the bed because of all the hookups she had that's so that's great <laughs> do i watch a lot of godzilla <laughs> yes but that i know yep because she can see him coming through the window, but she can't uh-huh. move. She's immobile. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> Optimus Prime waking up in the middle of Egypt after dying in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> so reference to the, to when he's resurrected in Revenge uh, of the Fallen. Fallen. Is that me with a guy like waking up and his eyes are all squinty, <laughs> squinty. but he's got like m- the top of Optimus Prime's head on him? <laughs> I love it. that. That's great. Uh <laughs> The way Plo Koon's expression changed when Ahsoka said she wasn't coming back. Oh, no. So Plo Koon is a Jedi, um, and he's got like this like breathing apparatus, and his eyes are like mechanical. It's because of his species, actually. And in the uh, movies, it's a practical face. It's zero expression. But in the cartoon, he goes from the zero expression to like these really concerned, <laughs> concerned. eyes. It's really cute and because very Because he's funny. the one who found Ahsoka. Oh, that's He's right. He's the one who brought us over to the about Jedi that. Temple. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Good stuff. Ring camera. There is motion at your front door. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jason Sindula. It's animated Jason Sindula. It's animated Sindula. Jason Sindula. So this is a scene from the Nickelodeon cartoon, oh, so uh, the Wild Thornberries. 
Oh. Except for in this, the older sister is played by Godzilla, and the, the like wild boy is played by King Kong. And King Kong is biting Godzilla and says, Ew, okay, that's it. Godzilla turns around, takes a photo of King Kong, puts the photo up. You, you just made it onto my Why Am I Miserable collage. And, and it's a, Monarch's there too. It's a collage of a bunch of different photos. You got Kong, Ghidorah, uh, Rodan. Uh, Is that Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah. The Monarch <laughs> logo. Uh, it would seem uh. as though Rodan, uh, sorry, King Ghidorah has Nigel Thorberry's mustache. Oh, yikes. Um, yeah. So, good stuff. Okay, so we have the uh, statues of uh, the uh, Mortis gods from the end of Ahsoka, and it, they're highlighted, and it says, Lore Object. Press right-click to activate. Now, this seems like a video game reference, it's an but old, I it's don't an, get it's it. It's a Knights of the Old Republic thing. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I played that, but I, I don't remember that. That's interesting. It's in, or Star Wars The Old Republic. I don't know. But... Um, them, the CGI at the time of the prequels was state of the art, <laughs> the CGI from the, and it's Obi-Wan on a Camino. Oh, when he's like getting pulled off is, uh-huh. Oh, not good. I never caught this before. Ooh. He, it goes from real live action. Is that his, uh, Ian McGregor to very low polygon. Is that a stunt double? I think this is a totally CGI creation Ugh. like you ever like played a video game and when like it starts off like it takes a little yeah, of minute for, some, for the render like some of the textures that's what it looks like <laughs> oh, Ooh, it's uh it's terrifying all right what do you got becomes a medic does nothing related to that it's, it's uh it's john goodman <laughs> speaking yeah, of john, john goodman, goodman. wow uh, he's uh, one of our crossover actors it's uh has john goodman ever done a star wars thing I don't know. It's John Goodman's character from uh, Age of Extinction and Last Night. What's his name? Oh my gosh. What's his name? Anyways, in Last Night, he becomes a medic, but he never does anything medic-wise. Like, they put little crosses on him and all that. <laughs> oh, man, those characters are so bad. Hound! That's his uh, name. Oh, there is a visual effects artist on episode one named John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Mom. We're going to buy some shoes. What do you want? Me. Combat Crocs. And it's the clones. And it's a shot of their oh, shoes. Gosh. And they look like white Crocs. They do look like white Crocs. <laughs> They're not in sport mode, though. <laughs> well, one foot it is and one foot it isn't, I think. Oh, he was in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> so, it's... <laughs> It's, it's an image of is that uh, ratchet? Ratchet. It's a, it's a toy. It's a photo in someone's room of a toy transformer, and it's Ratchet the medic. And in front of him is some text in the style of uh, the video game Dark Souls, yeah. and which normally says like "You died." Yeah, but it says Geneva Convention violated. And the reference for that is it's illegal to impersonate the red cross oh <laughs> so them putting the red crosses on him very funny is that's great is illegal okay uh types of figures triangle oh. shakira so it's got like drawings of women when and like so she's the triangle like body figures uh, uh jennifer uh G-Lo. lopez spoon kim kardashian hourglass Droidica ball. Ball. <laughs> ball. 
ball. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know, the droid because of the droid from the prequels that like roll up into a ball and spin around. So I straight up have no idea what this is from. Is it um, always sunny in Philadelphia? Probably, <laughs> but I'd have know. to see. I don't know. You're crying from Godzilla minus one. The indomitable human spirit and will to live got to me. That's Seinfeld, you oh, creep. I don't know. I've never seen it. I've seen one scene from Seinfeld and that's it. It's the soup one. Let me read that again. That sounded really funny. You're crying from Godzilla minus one. The indomitable human spirit and the will to live got to me. I love it. This is exactly how I felt. Um... This is a, a meme format of a guy and girl texting each other. The guy says, I like to say at, at. How do you say it? Girl says, I say ATAT, <laughs> which is the big four-legged walkers the Imperials use. The guy, I finally met a girl interested in Star Wars. The girl, I'm never talking to that idiot ever again. <laughs> <laughs> which, to be true, my total opinion, ATAT, only way to say it. At, at, makes you sound like an idiot. You know, you, you don't... Uh, it's, it's an acronym, and you sometimes read acronyms, but not that aren't already some sort of word or sound like a word. You don't say at-at. It's dumb. Anyways. This is a picture of Cal Kestis' face on General Grievous' body. When you open a chest and it's another poncho, this will make a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> Very good. Poncho, Very good. poncho reference. Uh, this is... <laughs> Obligatory. This is just a visual a... meme. <laughs> oh, oh, ah, I like it. Um, you want to describe it for us, Rachel? Max rebuff. <laughs> so it's a it's a fake, fake Lego, Lego set. set of the Cantina van and Max Re- three Max Rebos <laughs> with lightsabers and a very large, big Max Rebo. <laughs> <laughs> and all the cantina band have red lightsabers max rebuilt uh and they it's like hulk's body but he's blue and he's got max rebo's head little, little blue elephant man i love these stupid ones he's a prisoner to his mental anguish he mad and it's a picture of season three ezra from rebels <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a really cheesy like emoji like emoji. laughing and pointing wow uh, that's uh that's something um, so you've got Padme from episode two in the in the movie. She says to Anakin, "Please don't look at me like that." But the reverse shot is is Luke from the quality special. <laughs> well, he had like really odd makeup and really bad lighting on him. He's looking directly into the camera. It's so good. Uh, oh. When people credit the Empire for the Death Star when you made the plans, screams in mosquito. It's a picture of a Geonosian and the Geonosian general. I've never thought about calling the Geonosians mosquitoes. That's a really good analogy. I like that a lot. So this is the other meme format of a guy and girl texting. I have two. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I deleted one because it wasn't very funny. Um, Guy texting, I'm into Star Wars. Girl, nice. I love Star Wars. Guy, blocked. She probably likes the ones I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find that relatable? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Give me two memes. Shark fact. Most shark facts have never been victimized by the Star Wars Rebels Season 4 Episode 10 (laughs) Jedi Knights. Most sharks haven't. Not most sharks. I think you said most shark facts haven't. No, most sharks have never been victimized by Star Wars Rebels episode four, season Very four, nice. episode ten, Star Jedi Knight. Um, 
Okay. Jar Jar Binks discovering a shrine in Tears of the Kingdom. Isa Shrine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, is that the actual name of the shrines? Is like Isa Shrine or did they no, block off part of it? Blocked off. So it's like something longer. Yes. It's like, so, like, like something Isa. Yes. Just Isa. Isa okay. Shrine. <laughs> um, so this references the, my, my final meme from earlier today. Um, it's Andor, not Andor, uh, Cyril talking to Linus on the video when they were talking the video chat they could barely understand each other and, <laughs> yeah. and uh linus is trying to tell cyril that andor's mom died and cyril uh, linus says the mother she passed away and cyril says andor's mother he's so lucky <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> because as it's we talked about last terrible. week <laughs> and cyril's oh. mother is one of the evilest creatures in all of star wars all right i got two more my Scary five foot nothing <laughs> Jewish Italian mother. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Top four force powers. Force push, force choke, force lightning, force your family to watch Star Wars with you. I thought Very you nice. would find that because really, you did exactly that. <laughs> I didn't force anyone to do nothing they didn't want to. <laughs> um, last one. The two main type so the the you know like the uh the main format of like buff Shiva and yeah. like sad Shiva. It's two buff Shivas. Uh, there are two main types of clones during the Order 66 and this is, has one as Rex's helmet. I can't kill the Jedi. I've been serving under them for years. I have a high respect for all of them. Some other clone. The other buff one. I'll effing do it again. <laughs> <laughs> They're both Chad Doge. Very good. Is that, is that the end of it for That's you? That's all I got. Okay. Send me oh, your memes. Oh, gosh. Cameron, I have so many images. Okay. So last week, I last time I got double points because I doubled down before the end of the game. So we are at... Wait, are we tied now? We should not... Um... We are tied in wins. So we both have 10 wins. And uh, but I'm one behind on losses because I doubled down last week, so I would have been nine and seven normally. But now I'm ten and seven. You are ten and six, so you're slightly ahead of me on on wins. So we're 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 so you're slightly oh. ahead of me on losses, tied on wins. There is a joke I meant to say. My co former coworker sent me this tweet. Um, someone was like, Godzilla. Fit. When Godzilla stands up in the middle of the sea, what is he standing on? Is he paddling like a little duck? Let me know. And someone said, business. He's standing on business. <laughs> okay. uh, that was really funny. <laughs> He's sure, on why not? It's funny. <laughs> He's standing on business. Did you send me your memes? Uh, I thought I did. Oh, yeah, you did. Yes. He's so lucky. <laughs> All right, we've got the uh, uh, Spotify wrapped, but it's uh, 525,600 minutes of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Optimus Prime waking up in the middle of the of Egypt. I'm guessing that's me. Yeah. So that's uh, Godzilla the and Donnie. the uh, 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 This Is Why I'm Miserable. I did make that. that yeah! <laughs> I saw it. This is the first you showed I was like, that's a comic format. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> I know that oh, one. Oh, I've seen this one before. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, uh, sorry. I will let you get back to your wondering, but... <laughs> there is a motion at the front door, and it's... <laughs> 
just the top half of, <laughs> of Jason Sindula's face. <laughs> becomes a medic, does nothing related to that. Uh, Geneva Convention violated. You're crying from Godzilla minus one. <laughs> when you open a chest into another poncho, he's a prisoner of his mental anguish. He mad. Screams in mosquito, shark fact. Issa Shrine, top four force powers. This is hard. Any one of these could be. I am two guesses. I am going to guess uh, Fine Edition Ponchos. No. Ah, uh, second guess would be uh, the Mortis Gods. It is. Ah, dang it. <laughs> The fact that you knew exactly what it was from was kind of a giveaway, but um, not okay. So we're gonna stay at ten. I win. I haven't been able to win. I've been loud this episode. Sorry, y'all. Ten and eight, eleven and six. I'm actually not that sorry. I made Rachel this little. Rachel starts to pull away again. I had to make Looks this good. little text box myself because I couldn't find the stupid like. So did you? Like, so you highlighted those as well, or like what I was made that? A really bad just like general selection of them yeah picked a blue color and put it on like <laughs> and made it transparent yeah and then made the text box nice um <laughs> and it's he, subtle but it's good it's and, good reference and, and he and uh Balin's not highlighted that's the important part <laughs> he's got to activate the lore object <laughs> all right all right i'm gonna close this out thank you so much for joining us for another long episode um where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, as always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music. Props to Rachel for our new artwork. Oh, That's yeah. new since last time. Uh, she nailed that. It looks super good. As always, uh, we now have the Monarch logo on that helmet. And- <laughs> Don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can follow us on the platform formerly known as Twitter, at Ribbles and Robots Pod. Uh, give something to read on the pod. Leave us a review other than Amazon, yeah, don't do uh, that. tweet or DM us memes or opinions. I have not checked for reviews today. That's never gone well, but I'm going to do it just real fast here. <laughs> it's uh, never gone well. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, someone listened to us on Spotify. No oh. one. We have rarely any listens on Spotify, so that's cool. <laughs> 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 How do I see the interactions? Here we go. Uh, no interactions on there. Um, as far as I can tell, no reviews. Um, okay, yes. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. This is Cameron and Rachel signing off, saying the indomitable human spirit and the will to podcast got to me. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. for that can of compressed air for like two weeks (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't find it so i opened up the other one (laughs) it's on my desk just right it's just there it's It's just just been right here i never sit here i sit in that chair only but it's there but i don't look over there when i'm sitting at the table it's like barely out of your peripheral i only look (laughs) 
Like, I can't really say anything. If Allison listened to our podcast, which she doesn't, but if she did, um, she would say that I'd be a hypocrite for, for making fun of you for not seeing something right in front of your face. But that two weeks, that's rough. I know I put it somewhere, but I don't know I don't remember where I put it. That's like letting a Godzilla sneak up on you, oh. <laughs> which happens more frequently than you would think. 